Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Hiring Rick Pitino as your head NBA coach. We're going to talk about that in a little bit with Titus and Tate. You know what else is the smart? Job sites that overwhelm me with the tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a right way and a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job. Actively invite them to apply. Get qualified candidates fast. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. I use them for game two and game four of the World Series. I got parking passes on there too, actually. Got to have the parking passes at Dodger Stadium. You got to. You just have to. $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event. Use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network where you can find a ton of good pop culture content and podcast now. We just launched a big picture feed. Sean Fennessy has his own feed. I was on there last week talking about horror movies. He's talking about the Oscars with Amanda Dobbins on there right now. And we are going to be filling that feed out three times a week. Don't forget about Channel 33 with the press box and with damage control. Sean's off that feed now. Um, we have that one. We have the rewatchables, which is coming back soon. We have Jam Session which is on channel 33. We have, God, what else do we have, Kyle? Channel 33. Then we have, we have the recapables is coming back soon. Yeah. On shuffle. Oh, the watch. Around, right? the yeah. Watch. On shuffle doing music. We have a uh, binge mode. So yeah, check out all of our pop culture stuff on the ringer podcast network coming up. We're going to talk to Mark Titus and Tate Frazier about Rick Patino's possible NBA comeback, <laughs> a story I'm just fascinated by. And then our old friend, Charlemagne, the God who has a new book coming out. That's all coming up first. Pearl Jam. All right, Charlemagne's coming up in a little bit. Um, what an honor to have these guys right before their world tour. They're about to... Uh, America and the world. You're going to Australia, New Zealand, London. <laughs> Sold out. Sold out so all don't, over don't the place. Don't bother looking up tickets if you live in Australia. Thank the you so much, Budapest. Yeah. Really Germany. Was Berlin? <laughs> yeah. Berlin. That was the That'd one. That'd be great. I'm excited to hear about all that, but it's starting out um, in middle America. Yeah. The most Back important home. part. Really, that's the only world that matters to me is middle America. Chicago sold out, but this weekend we have Louisville. We have Indiana. We're in Indiana. Bloomington. Bloomington. Yeah, Bloomington. I'm excited about that one. What's that the third one? Shit. Columbus. Columbus. We started Columbus. 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 Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Any special guests for any of this? Yeah, yeah. We have an uh, Odin's coming on. Uh, Chris Holtman will be there in Columbus, uh, Ohio State head coach. Great. So it'll be great. Yeah, we'll be good. Tate, Tate's going to be there. Kyle, nephew Kyle will be there. Nephew Kyle's really the big one. I'll be there. Producer right. Kyle on our show. Come see right. the tattoo. Producer Kyle. Come yeah, he the says two identities. <laughs> yeah, it's two it's different It's like people. when P. Diddy was also Diddy. Yeah. And then, like, I think one, just of the, one of the videos we were selling VIP tickets and everyone's asking me, what is the VIP experience? And I'm pretty sure you just get to touch Kyle's tattoo and just like pet it. Touch Kyle. Yeah. You get to pet Kyle. Smoke a cigarette with Kyle. VIP. Can that be a VIP thing, Kyle? Yeah. It's really not up to me. I think you we just, all know it's not up to me. You just go outside and rip heaters with Kyle. The thing is, you don't have to be a VIP to smoke a cigarette with Kyle. <laughs> you can really be anybody with two arms, two legs, and a mouth. Yeah, as long as you're nice. <laughs> just be a nice guy. Just say hey to Kyle. All right, so One Shining Podcast mm -hmm. is about to ramp up. 
I want to talk about Zion in a second, but the reason I had you guys on, other than to say hello and you have been on a while, Coach P is coming back. It's happening. He is sniffing around the NBA again. I was there. I was living in Boston using my dad's tickets for three years as he ran the Celtics into the ground, and they quit on him nine different ways. They. Yeah. When you see a team quit and then they're like, have we quit on this guy enough? What else can we do? Wait, can we just, should we stare at him in contempt? What else can happen? Now he's coming back. I'm, I Not only is he coming back, he's coming back a month after announcing that he was co- done coaching forever. After he wrote a tell-all book in which he told us nothing um, and then went on a press <laughs> tour and said, I wrote this book for closure because I'm done coaching. Yeah. It's, it's done. And then a month later, he's like, I, I don't think I'm done coaching. I'm trying to get back into it. What My question to you is like, because I don't remember the his tenure at the Celtics. I, did, I don't know if I was too young or if I just wasn't paying enough attention to the NBA. Like yeah. what exactly, I'll admit that I'm slightly surprised that he was such a train wreck in the NBA. Because he's so bad. For all of the, Tate and I, there's no one on earth we love making jokes about more than Rick Pitino. But at the yeah. same time, he's unquestionably one of the, best college coaches who's ever lived like he's he's a genius at coaching college basketball so it is a little surprising isn't it Tate that he's, he's like he's a basketball a genius in the NBA? and the the thing now I think everyone talks about the Celtics and I had no idea that he got a Gruden contract did you know this he got like a t- what was it 10 years 70 million dollar it was contract. worse than that he got oh, red no. he got red Ar- no it was 10 years 50 million or eight years 50 million and he also got red Arbach's president title oh no yeah so, so he was doing started that's out. the problem yeah and then the other okay. thing he took the job after we had lost the Tim Duncan lottery and we had the third and six picks. Took the job and then started complaining about, well, we don't have an anchor like Tim Duncan. It's like, you knew this. <laughs> you haven't taken the job yet. Um, and took in and just immediately tried to make them good. The, the real problem, though, he comes in the late 90s, which was a really controversial NBA era, like Latrell Sprewell mm-hmm. and just... Iverson and just like the players were starting to take over the league. And we lost Jordan. So we lost Jordan yeah. and the players are kind of swinging their, swinging their arms a little bit. And he comes in, he's making more money than anyone who's coaching <laughs> and he's ordering them around like they're 19 year olds. And yeah. it worked for about 60 games. And then yeah. everybody starts going, ah, fuck this guy. He's get he's getting all the credit if they win. And if they lose, it's their fault. Yep. And yep. it's just like what in college it can happen because the guy's graduated in a year. Right. But in the NBA, you have the guy after that. He's still there. He he also has a, a history of he, he's not the best recruiter, which is hilarious that he got caught up in basically the FBI scandal recruiting yeah. a five-star guy. Because if you look at his recruiting history, he doesn't always get the best guys. And there's probably a reason for that. So he can keep guys under his thumb a little bit. And he doesn't want to deal with the, I don't know. But that, that is the funniest part is that he, he was brought down by a five-star recruit and he historically just doesn't right <laughs> never that's really, not his game at that's all. not his game was recruited the so. interesting thing to me about him is that he was with the knicks right you like he was yeah. great with the knicks or i wouldn't say great but he was no good he enough. was really good with the knicks did he take him to like the conference finals yeah, a that, that times? team was good and they were pressing and they played with real energy so but that was like a different time in the nba where he goes and takes that kentucky job and at the time the kentucky job is actually a better job than the knicks job right, right. and now we live in a world where like it's everyone's like what rick Pitino wants to go to the NBA, that's crazy. This is a whole nother level of basketball. Yeah. But it used to be looked at the, a totally different way. Well, because 30 years ago, you, NBA head coaches didn't really do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he I'm was saying, like, what hey, are they guys, doing play now? harder and shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. People like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> right. this guy. Well, also, I would I would say that the, the disparity between what college basketball and NBA was 30 years ago was probably not as big as it is now. Oh, where, so, yeah. yeah. Well, so and also in college basketball, you had guys for two, three, four years. Right, yeah. You know, even Jamal, his first Kentucky team that was really good had Mashburn on it. 
I think Mashburn was three years, mm-hmm. right? He was a junior, yeah. yeah. And he was like the, the Great perfect. Hornet. I got to say, he, he had a good NBA career, but I actually thought he was going to be better. Mm-hmm. He's like everything I want from a six foot eight swing guy with three point range. But anyway, I thought so, you were talking about Rick Pitino. I was like, <laughs> no, yeah, Rick <laughs> so he comes to the Celtics, and I actually had my old website at that time. And I think it was the first year I had it. 50 games in, he trades Chauncey Billups for Kenny Anderson. Right. Yeah, the number three pick. Yeah. So he has this show. He has a Sunday night show with Bob Lobel called The Rick Pitino Show, which I watched every week. And I was just making fun of it. <laughs> You know, and that was like the newspaper era. Like nobody made fun of anything back then. I was like, this is the best. This guy's such a jackass. (laughs) Uh, So he lays out all the reasons for the trade. He has this whole whiteboard and he has all the figures. (laughs) And at some point, Lobel says, well, but you know, you gave up on Chauncey Billups. That was tough. And he's like, we didn't give up on Chauncey. We thought he was fantastic. It was like, you traded him after 50 <laughs> games. You did give up on him. But he was just a snake oil salesman liar. It's it was just like what he was like in college. He lied. He would tell guys he loved them. He would trade them. Uh-huh. He would throw guys under the bus. It's fantastic. And, uh, and he traded away at the strike season, which we weren't that good. What is that, he, 99? Yeah, 99. Mm. It was a 50-game season. And in March, I remember where I was. I was in San Francisco visiting my friends. We were about to go to Vegas. And... My dad calls me. He's like, we traded away our pick. <laughs> I was like, for who? He's like, Vitaly Potapenko. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like, they just get the pick no matter what? He's like, yeah. You think your dad threw Vitaly up when he said that name? You're like, what do you say? We <laughs> traded away an unprotected pick for Vitaly Potapenko. P- P- it's and amazing to me that you can say his name perfectly. Vitaly so Potato. we missed the playoffs. Ended up being the eighth pick. The eighth pick was uh, Andre Miller. Oh. That's who we lost. The next mm. pick was Sean Marion. Mm. So all of us mm. were like, fuck this guy. We got to get him out. Uh, Antoine hated him. And yeah. uh, and the players quit on him. He left. The players immediately played better. Pierce and Antoine. He was just awful. He was the worst. So the main thing that I have the question. So he, he drew Rosenhouse. He signs Rosenhaus, which is like the reason all this stuff's getting out there. Because he's like a right. big leak. He, he's leaking everything. And he's like, Patino wants to go back. And he says that he's willing to sit on the bench. Like basically, he could be like what Larry Drew was for Ty Lue. Like be a number two guy. And sit there and buy into the system. The problems was when he was like a president, he had to make all the decisions, which he mm. obviously should not have been making these no. decisions. He's a great basketball mind. Right. So I do, in my head, I'm like, it does make sense that Rick Pitino could go and sit next to Eric Spolstra in Miami and take Bam Adebayo and make him into a superstar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, in my head, it makes sense that Rick so Pitino could be So he wants to be, be like, a, like the lead assistant? He says he will do anything. Like he will, he literally. He <laughs> that's like, we've learned. He, he was like, I will anything. pay you to coach. Like I, whatever it takes. Like but he, imagine if you were a head coach and it's like, hey, we've brought in Rick Pitino to be yeah. here. I don't, I'm not sure. Who's like, signing I'm not trusting that yeah. dude. I'm not sure who signed. I mean, Billy Donovan. Is that the move? That's what Ooh, I mean. He coached him. His that's guy. I mean. yeah, there's that's there's his guys guy. out there that I could like, see an owner saying, "What do you think about Patino?" And a guy saying, "Well, I really like Rick, and I would like to have him in my practices." But I can't see someone trusting him to be on staff because he is going to undermine them and yeah. try to become that coach. I mean, 100%. Billy D. Billy D. Would take him probably. Like they're they're tight. So <laughs> he was on. He went on his podcast date. Oh, you're right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. That's first he's, guest he's on first, his podcast. First Billy guest Donovan. on the Patino Press. That's is what that I'm true? worried about. Yes. I'm really worried. What What does this mean for the Patino Press podcast? <laughs> Patino. Oh Jesus! He's back into the NBA. I forgot. He oh, did two over? other things in Boston that was amazing. <laughs> the first summer he took over, he spent six years, twenty million on Travis Knight. Remember Travis Knight? Yes, my goodness. Mm-hmm. He then paid like thirty million to this guy Chris Mills, who was like this above average small forward, not great. In training camp, traded Chris Mills. 
So he signed this guy. It was their big trade signing. He never played a game. He traded him for like Walter McCarty and John Wallace and all these guys. He was like, yeah, you know, this press style we're playing is a little too much for Chris. It was like, why didn't you think of that when you signed him? <laughs> you should have asked him. So that was the problem then, is that he was just given control of the... I mean, I don't know. His oh, coach. I think the, his coaching is good. I think him as a president right. or doing anything like he's that. Not in the NBA because he was trying to press. You know what those yeah, guys don't want to do is press. press. Yeah, they're making 80, real money. They they don't want to run around. And press and no one wants to do that. I will yeah. say though, it did work a couple times. Yeah, there's a couple because oh, yeah. he had all these young guys. Like we came back against the Bulls on opening night and we beat MJ and Pippen and those guys. Pippen didn't play, but it was like, oh, the press this will work. Yeah, and then by like game twenty eight, these guys are like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. why can't he coach like the Phoenix Suns? And just have, you know, being an assistant coach on the Phoenix Suns, have a young team that actually might press. You know what I mean? You go to Isaiah Cannon, you go to Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker's probably not going to press, but you go try to sell young guys on playing a different way, especially because everyone's scoring now. It's like, this is the only way we can play defense. We have to guard Steph Curry as soon as he touches the ball. We have to press Steph Curry. Well, here's my question for you guys, since you follow college basketball way more intently than I do. A, is he a good game coach? Is he yes. good in the last five minutes of a game? Because I always feel like he kind of was in college. He was, definitely. Compared to yeah. like Calipari, who is, yeah, as you absolutely. know, Forrest Gump in the last four Cal minutes. Cal had his number. To, Kentucky fans are going are gonna to lose their minds that you said it, but I would actually agree that he, yeah. Cal used to always beat Patino, but it wasn't because Cal, anyway. Yeah, Cal, Cal's yeah. two problems were he can't coach the last four minutes mm-hmm. and his head turns like purple and he's so intense yeah. and crazy. And I think he stresses out his players. Mm-hmm. I won't say what sport. My, my daughter had a coach like this once, and he stressed out everyone on the team, but mm-hmm. he was very Calipari-ish. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, at some point, you just got to be... That's why Brad Stevens is the best. The president. <laughs> She's kind of calm. Oh, Marcus Smart just took a 28-footer. It was awful. I'm just going to smile and clap. <laughs> yeah, no one has said Coach Cal is even killed on the sidelines. No. I mean, been said before, he, he's no. the type of guy that would grab DeMarcus Cousins at Vanderbilt and throw him on the bench, you know, like literally physically throw him on the bench. So yeah. when Patino coached the Celtics, and I had great seats for that because we had awesome seats and nobody was there and they weren't playing the music yet so you could actually hear the conversations. You know, he's he's tense. <laughs> he makes the players <laughs> tense. And Antoine shoots a three and he goes, Antoine, why? And Antoine's now looking over like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And I don't know how that works in the NBA in 2018. The, if he embarrasses a player once, they're going to be out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's that's going to be tough. I, I don't, I don't think he, I think he's, he's <laughs> got to be the assistant coach. For reasons I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, well, maybe we could talk to him because the guy. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I miss Rick Patino. I miss him so much. So that, so that's, that's really what it is. I'm glad I you brought this him. up. That's a very important point. I want somebody to hire him. Yeah. It's more fun for it's all so of us if he's fun. coaching yeah. like uh, the Sacramento Kings. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm or hoping whoever. for. It is. I'm hoping, we, in my head, I thought he would never go back anywhere else to be an assistant, but I thought he would go back to his roots. I thought he would go back to Hawaii where he first cheated mm-hmm. the first time. The first, like go yeah, back to your yeah. first, you know. Your first your major first cheat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said like, it didn't matter. None of it, you know, don't talk about it. But uh, he could go all the way back to Hawaii, recruit kids at Hawaii. He would kind of be off to the side. No one would really care. And he could just be Rick, you know, just be yourself, Rick. But now that he wants to get back in the NBA, I think he's putting a target on his back, which mm. is not what he wants to do. I mean, he could have just rode off in the sunset, maybe let this FBI stuff pass and get another college job. But now that he's, <laughs> now that he's in it, now that he's talking, about you know like being the front page guy you said though like imagine if we're like wow titus once the fbi stuff passes (laughs) 
We could rehire him. I mean, look, Dwayne Casey is one of the best coaches in the NBA right now. He got, killed, he got killed at Kentucky for having the recruiting violations. He yeah. got banned from college basketball. People forget this. I mean, yeah. and now everyone's like, Dwayne Casey's the man. We yeah. love him to yeah, death. Yeah, like, yeah. People forget. And uh, yeah, Dwayne NBA, Casey, Toronto Raptors, Dwayne Casey? Yes. Yeah, do you at care? Kentucky. Bill, Bill, he had recruiting violations? Oh, yeah. yeah. He got, do, do you he, care as an NBA fan? I didn't fan, even know that. He wasn't allowed to but, coach. But my question is, as an NBA fan, do you even care? Upon <laughs> learning this about Dwayne Casey, no. Like, no. Do you, I don't do care at all. Do you care if a coach? If like this FBI investigation comes out that that Cal has has been literally handing duffel bags full of cash to every single Kentucky player, that's no, been. because you and told then, me that's how it works. Yeah, and then, and then Cal's like, I want to coach in the NBA. Is there a single NBA fan base that's like, I don't want him. He was paying recruit. Like, no, right? No one in the NBA cares if they're breaking into rules. That's why it's genius. College basketball was ruined for me five years ago when I was doing TV <laughs> with Jalen, and at like hour six when we were just all hanging out together watching eight games at once I would just start asking him questions and one time I was like come on and I brought up a certain school I won't say the school and I was like come on what'd they give when they, when when you were out there mm-hmm. come on then what'd they offer you and he was like oh man 50k in an Escalade that was the standard yeah. offer you didn't negotiate it <laughs> yeah and that's 50k change, in yeah. an Escalade that's nothing now 50k Escalade but non-negotiable everyone gets it you can't play no I want 75k right. in an Escalade it's like right. no that's it that's yeah. the deal so yeah. yeah, after that I was like, oh, this is really what happens. And now it's like a hundred eighty thousand, a house, a house, uh, a job for Nike your, shoes for the rest of your life, a job did, for your family. What did Odin get offered? He must have had some crazy <laughs> offers. You guys should talk about that in Columbus. Cut, cut this part. Out. <laughs> <laughs> he so great. I mean, like I've, I've talked to him about it all the time. He won't. He honestly, God won't tell me. This is the truth coming from me. Whether this he's, is the crazy part. They none of them will talk about it. Whether he's telling me the truth, I don't know. But I'm telling you what he's told me. He says he never got offered anything. He said no he, way. he would get to the. He he said he got to the NBA and he got made fun of for not getting paid. That's what he told me. Is that like all the guys in the locker room would be like, yeah. you didn't make anything? But Whether I don't or not he got paid at Ohio State, like he definitely sure he got, got offered. offered by somebody. I think, mm. Honestly, Greg was so naive. I think it was it was his mom and his like people around him that right. got the offers. The, well, like, the family Sonny members Vaccaro. don't get paid. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you know, Sonny Vaccaro. He yeah. just started popping up at our AAU tournaments out of nowhere, and Greg right. would like we'd go. I'd go hang out with Greg and be like, man, Sonny Vaccaro is really nice. And I'm like, yeah, Greg, no shit, he's nice to you. Yeah. Why do you think he's nice to you? He just, yeah, he's like, I really like this old guy, Sonny. He yeah. seems like he a really nice guy. He gave me $100. Want to get dinner? <laughs> I think it would be much more fun if Patino coach. Yeah. I think he needs to go to the right team where he could be successful for two months and we get excited about it mm-hmm. and then it'll flame out. That'd be my dream scenario. I think I think the way it actually works is like Tate said, where he's an assistant. Like I don't I think him jumping into the NBA, someone hiring. But Tate explained why that can't work. Nobody's gonna want his breath on their neck. My dream scenario, my only scenario that I think is possible, because he's a Hollywood man. I think he comes to LA. I think he has a meeting with Jerry West and he says, Jerry, I love sports. You know, I love the game of basketball. And he gets him on that bench with Doc Rivers. Doc's not gonna be intimidated by anyone. If anything, he doesn't want to do the responsibilities of being a head coach. Does Rick play golf? Of course. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Doc yeah. has someone yeah. to play golf with. So yeah. you got Doc there. Doc doesn't want to do this stuff anyway. Rick just starts doing all the dirty work for him. Literally. And then Doc can still be the face of it. Rick can be sitting there coaching Jerome Robinson, Shea Gojish Alexander, all the young guys, take care of that stuff. And then Jerry West is there. Jerry trusts him. That's like the only scenario in my head where it's got to be a team like that where Balmer's like, I just love basketball people and I want to have Rick in this room. That's what it has yeah. to be. It has to be an owner that that's decides. Why it. No think, GM's going to decide. That's why I think it. he's got to be an assistant because you got to put Patino in a spot where he's just purely focused on the basketball because this man is easily distracted <laughs> by other things. True. We put him in a spot where it's like, Rick, all we're asking you to do is to develop these players. Like, this kid can't shoot. Get him a jump shot. Or like, this guy, yeah. you know, he doesn't understand the value of defense. Let's. I want you to break down film with him yeah. and show him why 
how to guard these ball screens and why this matters and what this helps our t- how this helps our team. That's the sort of stuff you got to put him in because he he is a brilliant basketball mind. It's just there's a lot of extracurricular with that guy. Well, if I was Rick, one of my big selling points would be the success of my dudes going into the NBA the last few years. Yes, mm-hmm. he'd be like Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, almost was the point guard. Montrez Harrell, who's on the Clippers. Montrez Harrell, who's been a beast. I would especially ride the Donovan Mitchell thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, he like, is. This guy's the next Wayne Wade. When I got him, he was this kid from Greenwich Country Day. It was like mm-hmm. a reach to even think he could. And I molded him and I made him tough. And mm-hmm. I could do that for Shea. Gilgis Alexander, whoever it is. Yeah. Jerome Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're young guys. Let me take them under my wing. Well, that's what he's selling. I mean, that's all the headlines. I even saw like the Yahoo guys who are ripping him, you know, that are writing all the stuff about the FBI. Yeah. I saw them like quote tweeting yesterday. They're like, Kind of feels like the right fit. Like Rick Pitino yeah. in the NBA world seems like it's a match made in heaven at this point. Because as we know, we joke about like the AAU stuff and these guys not having fundamental basketball uh, being taught to them. Rick Pitino will go in there and teach them. Just the same way Larry Brown or like, and we've seen former coaches like Matt Darty works for the Pacers. Like they all have mm-hmm. these consulting gigs where they can just basically come into practice when they want to be around the game. And I think that's what he'll get. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I, I'm kind of, I've kind of talked myself into this. It's it makes a ton of sense. It really scary scarily makes sense. This but would we, be a bold a- Popovich move too, right? Oh my god! Because <laughs> Popovich was the only one <laughs> who would be threatened way. by him, right? Yeah, bold is one word for it. Um, yeah, that would be. <laughs> if you want to see Greg Popovich retire, I think Rick Pitino on his staff would be you the wanna, first. You want the? Yeah, he'll just be found dead. <laughs> The staff, like, oh, Popovich died last night. Yeah, my what God. Happened? You want to you have the staff with the one female assistant in, in NBA with Rick Pitino as <laughs> oh, the no, other side. I didn't think of that. That's not a good look. I think Michael Jordan would give Rick Pitino a chance to be on staff with the Hornets. I don't think anyone oh. else would agree to it, but I think he would reach out. That's for sure. I'm trying to Well, this is a man who wanted Larry Brown to get interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this one. Uh-huh. The Wizards. Because their coach is in danger. Could Rick Pitino save the John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, like the weird chemistry? Yeah. Probably not, would be my answer. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> answer would be probably but not. I would watch. Yeah, <laughs> I would, watch. I would definitely yeah. watch. I think that's a selling point. The NBA is entertainment. Like at the end of the day, yeah. it is entertainment. And if you get a guy to come that's back. That's what I, here's what I, I think. Mean, so all the, I live in a middle America. I have this anxiety <laughs> that like all these middle America NBA teams in 20 years are going to not exist. All the, Now that we're giving players autonomy to do whatever they want, no player is ever going to be like, I want to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to play right. you know, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Case. Yeah, like everyone's just going to move to the coast and and the middle American teams are screwed. The Pacers are always going to be screwed. This is the frustrating life as someone who kind of cares about the Pacers. So why not one of these teams bring in Patino and like make that, all right, like, listen, we know we're not going to get free agents. We know we're not ever going to be that great. But, but what we're gonna we do cheat. have... It's, we're gonna, we have Rick Patino. We have an obvious thought. We're going to press for 82 games. Yeah. We're going to get these guys that no other team wanted. They're going to dump them to us. And we have a stop. We have an identity. We have a reason to care. And we're going to be a train wreck maybe, but at least you'll watch. It'd be funny if Patino was like, people think you can't cheat in the NBA because of the cider cap. Yeah. I figured out yeah, a couple of new ways. He <laughs> yeah. just holds up a bag of cash. I figured out ways to pay our players. It's we're, all under the table. We're going to circumvent sports. the salary yeah. cap with millions and millions. Can I ask you guys quickly, um, like you mentioned how the Yahoo guys were all mad about Patino and the FBI and all Well, that. they're like, loving it, but yeah, they're, yeah, they're, but they're getting a bunch of traffic and how yeah. bad it is and all that stuff. But then we also think it's bad that college basketball players don't get paid enough. Mm-hmm. Can you be in both corners at the same time? Mm-hmm. Don't you don't you either have to be pro cheating, anti players should get paid, or <laughs> yeah. you can't be in both sides. 
they've well, I mean they've waited in the waters, right? I mean pretty yeah. well. No yeah. one no one ever brings that up that you write on both sides. You talk out of both sides of your mouth. But that is college, ba- college basketball. Right, is the, what's the right the side? Craft. The the right side is to let players profit off their likeness. I think I think it's a can of worms. Sell jerseys. If you, if you if you pay players salary, you create you you are so college basketball inherently it is a big business. It's a billion dollar business. But at its core, college basketball is not a business. Um, it is. It is. I mean, it's cheesy to say, but it's. It exists not to make money. It exists to to offer an extracurricular activity for. Again, this is really hokey way of saying it, but that is at its. That's the mission statement of the NCAA, right? So as soon as you start paying players, you you completely remove any guise of amateurism whatsoever, and now you're basically on level footing with the NBA, and now you are directly competing with the NBA because you're paying your players. You've now created a professional league, and What's the difference between this and, and no one's gonna want to watch that at that point? I mean, I don't know. That's it, it, the salary thing is a can of worms that uh, I don't think people really think out other than just like give the kids their money. So I think the way to get around it is let them sign autographs, do commercials. Well, so if Zion's sort of stuff, Duke so. jersey sells like gangbusters this year, yeah, he should it's make weird money if off he doesn't that. make money on that. Right, he should make money off that. I'm saying that you shouldn't like go to a high school kid and be like, we'll offer you 200 grand salary for this one year that because that becomes a problem with. Um, they're still doing it as we as we found out, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Do you know. guys like the G League before we go? The the thirty team G League with everybody makes one hundred twenty five k and high school players can be in it. I I think it's it has no bearing on college basketball. I think it's a great idea. Like I think that's that's ultimately what the problem is is that the kids have no choice. They basically have to go to the college. I mean, because I mean, you could say they could go overseas, but that's not a real alternative. So that's the real issue with the kids not being played is they don't have a choice. You give them a choice to go to the G league at that point. I think the NCAA wants that. I think the NCAA is like, sweet. Now we don't have to, we're not exploiting anybody. The people that come to our system are choosing to come to our system. There is another system that exists over here. Um, but I don't think it's going to do anything to college basketball, really. Like people that love college basketball don't love college basketball because the players are the best. Because if that was the case, we'd just watch the NBA. We love college basketball because it's our schools that we went to. Well, it's to like MLS. The, the MLS yeah. is double-A soccer and the right, crowd's exactly. having an awesome time and they yeah. don't care. They just like doing the chance. Yeah. So, I mean, like even if you, even if the top 20 recruits every year go to the G League, like college basketball is going to be fine. It's going to have no bearing. What would you rather do? Play in the G League, Tate, or go to college for six months? Oh, well, and I then mean, leave college and like leave late March after you get eliminated from March Madness because <laughs> you got to work for your body for workouts. I think everyone is still going to go to college, those top guys. But I think the G League thing is going to be the the fail safe when you get caught cheating, which is sort of the thing that really yeah, makes yeah. me like mm. like Brian Bowen at Louisville, the guy that got hundred thousand. The whole story with Rick Pitino, he just would have gone straight to the G League and taken the hundred twenty five thousand dollar contract. After he got, you know, after the NCAA said they could. So so now it's going to be like the secondary option to those guys, which they're already going to have a black mark for, you know, being a cheater or whatever. Then they're going to go in the G League and just get lost in the shuffle. So I don't really So they have a black mark, be a cheater, but then everybody's like, college basketball players need to get paid. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's the part I don't understand. (laughs) We should all be for these guys grab money. Um, Let's save the Zion conversation for your podcast because- that's Ooh. its own 40 yeah. minutes. Oh, 40. Or Joe 40. House calls him Z. He's already that's calling his, yeah. him Z. Joe House I comes in. That. He's like, oh, that's my, weird for me because I yeah. call my daughter Z. I got to reconcile yeah. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Joe so House treats him like his son <laughs> already. So he's called him Z. I'm so excited for him. When's his first game? Uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Week from today. Yeah. The last college player I was just excited for was Ben Simmons, who um, let me down profoundly yeah. and mailed in the last month of the season that's and was on the worst possible team. And by the way, Blakeney was on that team. Like, that team should have. At least made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You think about it, you're like, oh it's my like, what goodness. the hell just oh, yeah, happened? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then before that, Durant. 
Mm. Yeah. But Zion, it's like I'm at another level. With Zion, this. you should be at another level. There's no, there has never been anybody like him. It's insane. I, can't, I want like, this to be Barkley crossed with yeah. Vince Carter and the crossed the, with like Corliss Williams's body. <laughs> the best part is, unlike Simmons, like Duke is going to be really good. So you're not, you don't yeah. have to worry about. I'm going to get him in big games with good announcers. But the flip side of that is they're not going to be so dominant that it feels like, you unfair. know, like those it's of us who are, yeah, it's not, it's not unfair. So those of us who like college basketball aren't going to be, oh my God, Duke is 36 and 0 going into the final it, four or anything like that. All right. Let's say, let's save this oh, for yeah, your we'll part. Save it. We'll save it. We'll save this. So I'm, I'm glad we got to talk out coach P. Uh, fellas, good luck on the world tour. Say hi to everybody in Austria. Austria is on the list, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yep, gonna, yep, that's yep, the Austria, one. Columbus, yep. <laughs> Paris. Man, you know, great, just reach, right? global reach. Uh, you can listen to the One Shining Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, fellas. Hey, let's talk about 99designs, a global creative platform headquartered in Melbourne, Australia. It makes it easy for designers and clients to work together from logos and apps to packaging and books. 99designs is the go-to design resource for any budget. There are two ways to work on 99designs. You can get their designer search tool to work directly with one designer based on design category or industry specialization style, skill level, availability, or more. Or start a contest. Invite the entire community to take a shot at your project. Pick your favorite. We recently used 99designs to design some new merch for The Ringer, which you can check out at 99designs.com slash bill. Pretty cool. Uh, there's there's at least one T-shirt that if you like this podcast, you uh, you will go. Oh, that's cute! I think you'll enjoy it. Best of all, right now you receive a free ninety nine dollar upgrade on your first design contest by heading to ninety nine designs dot com slash bill, clicking on the link on the landing page that is ninety nine designs dot com slash bill. Ninety nine designs where creativity meets possibility. And since we're here, let's talk about. Our friends at Microsoft Surface need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team. Well, check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet, or snap it back on and use it like a laptop with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor. It's everything you love about the Surface Pro now, even more powerful. Check it out. Microsoft Surface, the new Surface Pro 6. All right, let's bring in Charlemagne. All right, Charlemagne, you're back. Bill Simmons, thank you for having me, sir. I don't remember the last time you were here, but it's been a while. Last time I was here, I was promoting my first book, Black Privilege Opportunity Comes to Those Who Create It. So when did you write that one? I wrote that uh, in 2016 because it came out April of 2017. That was the last time you were here? Yeah. Yep. I came here to promote the book, Black Privilege. Yeah. And then I was on The Breakfast Club. And you came on The Breakfast Club. And then I haven't seen you since. This is bullshit. And you wrote a new book. book. Yeah. Shook one. Anxiety playing tricks on me, which I didn't plan to write. But, you know, I started going to therapy like early last year. And so when I started going to therapy, I was writing down you know, everything that was happening in my therapy sessions. And I was writing down things that gave me anxiety and things that historically had gave me anxiety. And then you know how it is when you're talking to a therapist, you start, you know, she starts making you unpack things that you didn't even really know you existed inside of you. So things yeah. that you suppressed and, and, and marginalized in yourself start coming out. So I started getting to the source of my PTSD and trauma from things happening to me when I was younger. What was younger. your PTSD? 
Oh, all kind of stuff. I mean, just I, from I, how you I, grew up. Yeah, having guns pulled on me. Yeah, you know, getting 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 almost jumped in front of the radio station. Oh like, yeah, I've been, I I've been that. In like two fights in front of the radio station. You know, yeah. Um, just all kind of stuff like having to run from police, just anything. PTSD from being fired four times. That's why I don't keep. I don't have an office at the radio station. I refuse to have an office. Oh, for luck? No, because bad, it's bad exactly, luck if you, you get know, an office. You get fired and you got to pack everything up and leave the fucking building with that box in your hand and you look all stupid with HR behind you. You know what I mean? Nobody got time for that shit. Like, if you, if you fire me, I'm out. Peace. Thank you. I'm gone. Like, I don't. I, I'm when I was at, when I had Grantland, the corner office, somebody was in it and their whole department got laid off, and I was going to take the office. That was the biggest office. It was the corner. I should take that. And I moved in there and I didn't unpack anything. No. And people are like, why haven't you decorated the office yet? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what if I leave? Then I have to. No, personalities like us. I was right. I had the right instinct. Yeah, because personalities like us really never truly have job security. Well, that's why I I decorated this because, you know, I own the ringer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't can't get fired. A hundred percent. That's how I feel in my podcast. I feel really secure right now. I I love the fact that podcasts are growing the way they are though. Yeah. Because I'm like the podcast deals that are coming across the table now are like, wow. Like I can really make a living off this shit. Like, like. Well, Joe Budden just did a big thing with Spotify, right? Joe Budden did a big deal with Spotify. And you know, it's a lot of. Are you pro Joe Budden or are you right? No, that's my guy. Okay. That's my guy. I've been knowing Joe. I've been knowing Joe since 2003. Because his grandmother lives in Sumter, South Carolina, and I used to do radio in Columbia, South Carolina. So Joe used to come down to Sumter and come to my radio show in Columbia. So Joe used to be at my house playing spades back in 03. Spades? Like, yeah. We're like frenemies, though. We're like we're like Professor X and Magneto. Like, we both want the same thing. Right. We just got- I was going to say, uh, he's, you're on got, each other's corner a little bit. Yeah. We just got two different approaches on, on, on how we choose to get there. He- uh... I've never been on his show, but he did a whole basketball thing and he was reading this old column that I wrote for like three minutes about some draft. He's very- I was, I was all excited that I got name dropped on the Joe Budden podcast. You should have him on. He's, he's, very, he's, very, he's very well versed in yeah. like hip hop, well, sports, sports culture. You know, yeah. I judge everybody by whether they like sports or not. If you don't That's like the sports, only gauge you got, Bill? No, I have more. Oh. But no, if you like if you like sports and you like basketball, I'm, I'm positive I can get a podcast out of you. But that's the common thread, though, right? Because you got something yeah. in common with a person. Yeah, or movies. It's got. It's got to be like some sort of mutual thing. How deep it, do you go, though? What's your favorite movie? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, like, I have what, so many favorite. What's your, movies. Okay, what's that's the, why we start. We started this podcast called The Rewatchables, just because it's. I've seen all these movies so many times. So, it's what's like, a classic movie to you? I mean, probably my favorite ever. The one I've seen the most times is Forty Eight Hours. Okay, so that's not too deep. But I think when you turn 13, whatever your favorite movie was when you were 13 ends up being your favorite movie. But I think The Godfather to me is still number one. Oh, okay, cool. 1972, but still relevant. Somebody who's nine years old can watch it. Yeah, that's There's not still like deep. life lessons in it. It's about family and betrayal and all these things. Yeah. It's just see, I was thinking you one of these independent film watchers that watch these fucking artsy ass films. I, I watch everything that cost eight hundred thousand dollars to make. Like what was that shit with the tiger in the boat that won all the awards? <laughs> tiger in like, the boat. That shit was so stupid. Well, so I hate that, and I I didn't like uh, what was the one last year. That what that one best oh, picture? Oh, the fucking alien in the tub. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. I'm God. like, what the fuck? What is wrong with white people? I was like, so mad. Shape of water. I'm like, what the? What drugs are people on to think that this shit is cool? We were on a crusade here. We want to get out to win the best film because we were like, in ten years, people are gonna remember Get Out first. Yeah. Nobody's gonna remember this 
Alien in the bathtub movie. Nobody she's going to disappear. Shape of Water had no impact on the culture whatsoever. It had an impact on the industry, the film industry, and they made yeah. it seem like it was this great thing. But Get Out had an impact on the culture and it had an impact on the film industry. Like yeah. we're still saying, yo, Kanye West is in the sunken place. Or, you know what I mean? Like we're right. still referencing things from Get Out. And it's on cable all the time, which tells me that people are rewatching it. I was... It's it's not a secret. If if something's on over and over again, like Heat's on all the time, it's like, yeah, because people like Heat. People like fucking uh, Goodfellas. They good jump fellas. back in. Goodfellas is on all the time. They like Minister Society. Yeah, there's you a reason. I mean? The Lion Juice, King. Juice is on a lot. I love Juice. Juice is kind of the, the, the sneaky one from that whole era. Nah. No, it is that. Nah, 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 nah. Not the sneaky one. Boys in the Hood. Classic. Minister um, Society. Minister Society. Classic. New Jack City. New classic. But, but juice, then juice I'm, never gets thrown into that first sentence. Yes, it does. I'll tell you the by sneaky people, one. By people who know it's a good one. I'll tell you the sneaky it's one. Kyle's favorite movie. Juice? Juice? No, nah, I don't there. think so. Oh, is it Demond's favorite movie? It's Jamon. Oh, yeah. yeah. His the roommate's the sneaky one. one is Set It Off. Oh. Set It Off is the sneaky one. Set sneaky It Off came one. a little bit after, just a little bit after those movies. It's Vivica, right? Vivica Fox, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Kimberly Elise. That's the sneaky one. Like that's the one that every that's really a classic, but people, you know, didn't really look at it as a classic because of this thing called sexism and you know shit like that. New Jack City. Classic. Snipes crying. The tear ro- running down his cheek. That whole rooftop scene. Rooftop scene was great. Rooftop Di- scene is emotional. Didn't need the tear. Like didn't it need the tear? You thought Wesley was going went for too much? Wasn't a Denzel and Glory type of tear. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't <laughs> yeah. a Viola Davis snot bubble. Like I'm not like that tear is not a memorable snot moment. Snot bubble for me. won her the Oscar. Snot bubble won the Oscar. I don't know if she wins the Oscar without the snot bubble. Probably not. The the, the thing with uh Wesley on the roof, it was the 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 dialogue. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I so am. Good. No, I had the tear. They could have kid. They might give a fuck me. No, that movie's no 30 heart. years old. It's 30? Yeah. It's like 1990. It's almost 30 years old. Why the fuck was I watching that at 10? Where were my parents? I had John. Did you have John David Washington on The Breakfast Club? Um, Denzel's son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We did. Um, I was saying to him, he's just got to do the Snipes playbook for the next five, six years. He'll do like the sports movie. He's got to do like the gangster movie. He's got to do like the buddy cop movie. Like he could just, he, he had that lane is sitting there for him. It's Snipes be- had this five, six year run. It was just. Epic. It's gonna be hard for that guy. Why? Because of the Denzel his dad thing. Dinde- his dad but he's Denzel. a good actor, though. He's a good actor, but his dad is a legendary, great, classic actor. It's like but you don't think that's a good thing for him because everybody loves Denzel. <sighs> so people normally it would be ah, this guy. He's it's only because he's so and so's son. But in this case, it's like I love Denzel. I'm rooting for his son. It's hard to break out the shadow of your father when he's that legendary. Even if you're in a yeah. whole different lane, like even when we see EJ. We still say that's magic son. You know what I mean? Like I see EJ out, you know, walking in like eight inch heels. And I'm like, yo, he's got all the athletic gifts his father has. Yeah. You know he's what like I'm saying? He's like 6'8", isn't six, he? 6'8", big dude, graceful, athletic. So it's like no matter what you do, even if you're a whole nother lane, when your father is that great, you're going to always get compared to your well, father. Well, he's like a, he turned into a gay icon though. I, th- I think he paved his own way. He is, but he's not the Magic Johnson. No, he's, gays. wow, Magic's, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I'm saying, like when you, when you get to that level where you're like, People, you're the bar. Like, yeah. like you're the Jordan of this or the Magic Johnson of that. Like, he's not the Magic Johnson. Okay. When I was doing the show with Jalen, Jalen revered Magic for a hundred reasons, but he always called him the mogul. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. the thing everyone sleeps on with Magic is he's the mogul. I don't like He that, was though. the first one who who put together, I'm going to use sports to build all these other things. Because yeah, people think Jordan did it. No. But 
Magic was was much more of, I think, a businessman. Jordan belatedly kind of followed suit, but Magic was the first one. Jordan was the brand guy, the endorsement the, deals. Yeah, the sneaker and doing commercials yes. guy. Yes, Magic was the business, the, the, the movie theaters, the Starbucks. But I don't like the mogul conversation when we're talking about sports. Why? Because people try to act like the mogul dumb makes you so great on the court. Like that's how they try to. Well, that's what it's like now. But it was, yeah. I know, and they do, they do that with rap too. Like you're like, who's the greatest rapper of all time? Now I think Jay Z's one of the greatest rappers of all time, no question. But then they'll be like, look at Jay, he's married to Beyonce, and he's got this business and that business. What they got to do with the bars though? Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's the same thing in basketball. It's like I love Magic. I think Magic is one of the greatest players of all time because he's one of the greatest players of all time. Same thing with I, LeBron. Like, yo, what LeBron does off the court has nothing to do with him on it. Is he a great man off the court? Yes, a great human being, great businessman. But on the court, he, he ain't Jordan. He's not Magic either. I have him second. Of all time? Yeah. Nah. 15, 15 years now. Now he's in year 16. Third. He's never really been hurt. No, he hasn't. So the problem with Magic is he really only had... He was seventy. Rookie year was seventy nine. I think he had twelve years. LeBron's but, already played three plus more years than he did. But you I know? was I was having that convo yesterday. I was like, Jordan played what thirteen years? We don't count the wizard shit. So he played thirteen. I, years. I'm a wizard wizard defender. Really? Yeah, I thought he was pretty I would good love on the wizard. Argument. He was Please. so old. He was like his knees were done. He yeah. couldn't, and he was still putting up like. 20 plus a game and and made them competitive and I don't know it wasn't the worst thing in the world nah, that I think be. it's being remembered incorrectly I don't think we should remember it at all we should well, even count I'd, I'd choose the Bulls things but yeah. I just like that he came back from three years off and was still able to average 20 a game I thought was underrated if your, your, your second comeback has to be on par with your first comeback well that's true you know what i'm saying so if i like, just if, think people think it's it's like when letterman hosted the oscars that time and now everyone's like oh what a disaster it's like it wasn't a disaster go watch it it, it, it was fine letterman hosting the oscars might have been a disaster because i don't even remember that shit yeah it was the only time <laughs> he ever did remember, it i don't even remember letterman hosting the oscars. he hosted the best oscars that we've probably had in the last 25 years it was pulp fiction um shawshank forrest gump it was just like a you great didn't even need a host here. for that year. yeah yeah they just no. could have why do you got Morgan LeBron Freeman? third though? So over Kobe? I mean, you got LeBron second over over Magic. Yeah, over Kobe. I look at it this way. This is how I based it around my book. It's like I get that this person from year one. Okay, who do I want? That's why I had Kareem in my book was third because if I, I have Kareem, I have nineteen years of Kareem. I have nineteen years of this automatic two points as my center. Um, with Jordan, I know if he's at the peak of his powers, I'm winning the title. As long as I put a decent team around him, I'm winning. So I think with LeBron now, yeah, I, I'm going to get 20 years of LeBron at the highest level. And if I put teams around him, I'm competitive, or players around him, I'm competitive every year. It, it seems like you're just giving him participation trophies, though, as opposed to like what he's actually accomplished. Made in the league. finals no, eight straight years. Yeah, but we, so why we don't uh, put the Buffalo Bills up there as one of the greatest <laughs> NFL teams of all time then? What does that mean? He won four MVPs. And- Durant's won one. And listen, LeBron is great. I'm just saying I can't put him over Jordan. I can't put I'm him not, over I'm not Magic. putting him over Jordan. I can't put him over Magic, and I can't put him over Kobe. And I'm going to tell you something. There's something to be said about adversity. I like guys that, when you talk about, if you want to talk about off-the-court stuff, I like guys that uh, 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 get over obstacles that happen to them off the court. So you have, what's your one, two, three for NBA then? Um, You know, it's interesting, man, because I feel like it's a good case for Magic Johnson to be number one. You're talking about a guy that went to the finals nine times. Yeah. Won five of them. 
won his rookie year. You know, you look at the adversity he faced in, in, in what was it, game six of, the, of his first NBA Finals when Kareem was hurt and he stepped in and played center. Yeah. Like, and you're talking about out of 13 seasons, he went to the Finals nine times, won five. Like, he was a winner his, like, whole career. And he they, took a lot and, of shit after he, the 84 Finals. What was, which one was 84? Because he choked against the Celtics. And that summer, it was like tragic Johnson and all this stuff. Yeah. And that, that was, that's what made him better. And he bounced back. He bounced back from And it. he revolutionized the point guard position. Six foot nine, you know, 240, 250. Like he's more, LeBron is more comparable to him than he is yeah. to Michael Jordan. And Kobe's he, more Michael than anybody. He's like uh, stronger magic, basically. Yeah, 100%. He's a big fucking dude. And, Have and you he, had him on Breakfast Club? Who, LeBron? Yeah. No, LeBron's not doing Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club is so beneath LeBron James. Like he would ne- he would but never But is it though? Come- he is somebody that really cares about his image. That's a great move for him to go on that I, show. I don't think he needs it, man. Plus, I, you know, I used to give Donkey of the Day to a lot of people around him. Like when you remember when uh, his mom <laughs> was dating, the, what was it, the real Lambo or something like that? Yeah, I used to give Donkey of the Day to Lambo a whole like lot. That. Yeah, it was weird, bro. It was, it was, it was. Yeah. Do you think LeBron has. Like if he came on Breakfast Club, could you, could you get a good hour out of him? Yeah, I think LeBron's a very well-spoken individual. I'm not saying he's not well-spoken. Yeah. I'm saying, would he say anything? Hour? Would he be willing to actually like kind of drop the guard a little bit and have like an That's, honest one-hour conversation? With I think it? people know that with the Breakfast Club, you kind of have to. Like when you yeah, because come- Breakfast Club, it, it's like you and Stern. That's those are the two shows where it's like. You're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah, like you can't you can't half-ass do the yeah. show because I'm gonna ask you to leave. You know, yeah. to be honest, I'm like, yo, okay, man, thank you, man. You're not in here saying nothing. Like, you know, it's a great gimmick. It's okay. It's not even a gimmick though. No, it's, no, it's or a great. I don't know what's the word. We live in an age of transparency. It's a great trait. Yeah, we live in an age of transparency, so people know they have to be transparent in certain situations. Breakfast Club is absolutely one of them. LeBron will probably come wear a hat on purpose so I don't mention his hairline. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. Like little things like that I know he'll probably do. So, you know, but I think he I think he he might come. Why not? Uh, your, your boy's prowling in the office again. Yeah, that's Wax. Wax. Um, oh, man. Wax, Wax likes coming here. Oh, and I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. Okay, Wax? It's Halloween time too. He he's he's looking scenery. for a treat. He's going to start walking a lot. Yes. Absolutely. He. I wish he was here sometimes when uh, there's casting auditions for certain spots, and because they have all these TV shows and a lot. I would. He would enjoy some of the auditions. Uh, there's just a line of people waiting to audition. You can imagine. Sometimes they're auditioning for certain parts that he would probably enjoy. I'm scared. I'm scared of all. Well, first of all, I'm a mar- happily married man, so I, I live vicariously through guys like Wax. You I know. know I've been faithful to my wife now. I'm going on three years sober, and you know I'm happy about that. You know. So I'm, I look so like character him. through guys like him. I mean, I just like to hear the stories, but then, you know, the reason I really like to hear the stories is because it's emotionally exhausting for me. And it makes me feel like, I'm so glad I don't got to put up yeah, with you that got him out of no it. more. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like when you're in, in your hotel room and you hear ruckus in the hallway and you're looking out the hall and it's a girl hitting on him and, yeah. you know, he's trying to get her out the room. Like, <laughs> who got time for that type of shit, man? Like, it's just too much. Like, it's too uh, It's emotionally draining for me. So I can only imagine how, how he feels. That's why I have nephew Kyle. Ah. Bring yeah, nephew Kyle's on and off. Kyle, you getting a lot of pussy out here in these streets? No, no I'm basically dating Rosie Perez from White Man Can't Jump. So that's you dating Rosie? Well, first of all, I don't like the fact that modern. you said you're dating Rosie Perez from White Man Can't Jump. Like I'm not 40 years old. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, just left it at Rosie similar. Perez. Yeah, you're right. You're all right. right, I know who Rosie Perez yeah. is. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. I. <laughs> well, he meant the character. Oh, yeah, yeah, not the, actually Rosie Perez. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the oh. character, that the crazy character yeah. from that movie. What was wrong with her? 
No, nah, nah, she, she just got a lot going on. She's a little hot blooded. She was dope. She was fucking the Jeopardy champion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She was a go getter. She held. That's she why held. I'm still. That's why I'm still here. I'm just saying it's, mm-hmm. it comes with a lot of a lot of baggage. She held yeah. Woody down when Woody was so broke. His, yeah. his roommate is is the one doing LA correctly. I'll oh, he's getting all the pussy. Yeah, he's. So they, it's this whole scene now that I just don't understand. I feel like I'm 200 years old. This whole Tinder Bumble, just get this text notification. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go meet this person. I don't got time for that I don't, shit. I don't understand it. No, nah, I'm old school. I don't understand how that works. Because I, I feel like I, I don't like to waste my time. So it's just like, but the, the beauty about Instagram is that like you can really look at a woman's Instagram page. Right. And really see who she is. into their soul. And yeah. what she's about. That's why I don't understand why Catfish is still on the fucking air. Like catfish is really taking advantage of mentally disabled people in America. I'm serious because only <laughs> mentally disabled people would still I didn't be know catfish. It's still on the air. That shit is still on the air right now. Well, they usually have to go to like yeah weird weird states. People where they don't have no Wi-Fi. Clearly, right? You know what I'm saying? Or just enough Wi-Fi where they can only receive pictures. They can't do nothing else. No Skypes. No IG lives. No Facebook lives. No nothing. Like there's no reason for somebody to still be getting catfished in 2018. What do you care more about, Twitter or Instagram? Um, Instagram. Reason I care more about Instagram is because I care about visuals more than what people have to say, and I feel like Twitter is just so out of context. Yeah, like at least on Instagram, somebody can post a video and you can hear it right out of their mouth for the most part. You know, what I mean, even though they will take some of those videos and chop them up and take those out of context too, but on Twitter, everything is really out of context. So it's just like I prefer Instagram. I like Twitter for self promotion, really, and for reaction. Like they're in the Red Sox, day 18 in a game on Friday. Mm-hmm. I liked having Twitter. I was, I was, my observations as the game was going, they just kind of expire. By the time I do a podcast or something, it's gone. I just think Instagram is a better everything. I stopped. It's just safer. It's like, hey, here's some pictures. And yeah. if you want to be a dick, you're buried in these comments underneath. But um, I don't know. I just like the format. It's so much. I don't go on Facebook ever. I, don't I mean, if Facebook know. hadn't bought Instagram, I feel like Facebook would be like, cratering right now yeah i don't go on facebook because my father's on facebook and I right. yeah i don't want to be anywhere with my father is. i love my father but i don't want to be on facebook watching him and his wife post fucking matching that's what it's turned into shit. yeah i went to I mean? a red sox game with one of my one of my good friends sully and his wife is a big facebook poster and we were just ragging on her about facebook it was like oh she, let's take a picture you can put it on facebook and she was like what is facebook not cool anymore and we we're like no it's not cool no. at all and all my family members that hate me like literally all my family members that hate me are like old friends from monk's corner south carolina Facebook is their place for them to come together and shit on me every chance. Oh, you have like angry family members? Oh my God. The what are they worst. mad about? Just anything. They just don't like me for any, for, it's just like, it literally, last year, my first book changed everything <clears throat> because I think that they were like, he's talking about us in this book. I changed all the names in my book, right? <laughs> and I told these stories. So you're like my uncle Johnny. Yes. Or uh, my cousin Anthony or whoever. And, they, yeah. they, and then they would be like, yo, all he's doing is telling a bunch of lies in this book. So my father goes, well, if he changed all the names in the book, yeah. how do you know he's talking about you if he's lying? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, they literally go on Facebook and just talk shit about me. Like when my new book came out, Shook One, before it came out, somebody put up, made up a whole meme and the meme said, he's coming out with another book full of lies. <laughs> Hashtag Shook One. And I'm looking like, oh, somebody from Monk's Corner. It's like your, your uncle, Bob Charlemagne. It ain't really Your my cousin uncles. Tony Charlemagne. Yeah, it'd be like my cousin. It's more so my cousins that I grew up with, and like just like a couple people I went to school with. Nothing, nothing crazy, crazy. Yeah, but just enough to annoy the 
fuck out me a little bit. You know what I'm so saying? So we were talking before we started the pod about how the people you're getting on the breakfast club has changed. Yes. And what the reasons for that might be. Yes. And we were theorizing that somehow you pass this invisible point where you get on these lists. Yeah. With people who are trying to promote a movie or whatever. And I'm I'm lucky enough to be on those lists too. Yeah. But what what do you think happened with the Breakfast Club where just people out here in LA were like, all right, we'll do this one, we'll do this one. And we should do the Breakfast Club. Because two years ago it was like, Don't go on the Breakfast Club. That that's crazy. You, yeah. They'll they'll ask you anything. They'll pin you in a corner. Yeah. So what changed? Um, I think hip hop is pop culture. And, you know, like there's no genre bigger than hip hop. I think hip hop covers all demographics more so than any other genre of of music our culture has. Like you white, black, Asian, old, young, you know, gay, straight, like hip hop covers it all. Um, I think the Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club is at the center of that. You know, we're getting like, I think, four million daily listeners or something crazy like that. Or some crazy metric. And then on the like, radio or on digital? On radio. Or and then, Shit, four well, million? Well, that might be including everything. Yeah. I, but then, then it's just like the digital component. Well, your YouTube, it's like anytime you have an interview, it's that's what I'm saying. half a million people that, that, in two days. Yeah, that's a whole other aspect. So we we make news. Like, we, we, like a lot of people follow the news. They follow the stories. The Breakfast Club, by the grace of God, has created a lot of news over the past eight years. So I think people just know it's worth their while. And, you know, we do things like, like we sell books. Like, you know, you, you, you go out on these press tours and be like, you need to go do this show because this place sells books. Right. Or this is where you go if you want people to really watch your movie, things of that nature. So I, I think people know we actually move culture. Like people come on our show, they see their social media followers go up. They see their book numbers jump. They see their TV ratings jump. Right. So I think that's the reason. The reason so awareness come with people that might not know that Jonah Hill is, has a movie coming out. Yes. Yeah. And, and we're always a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to like who's next, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like somebody like Tiffany Haddish, we- Yeah, you were having her on for- Like, pfft, yeah. I don't even, last March or something yeah. like that. Way before Girls Trip or anything like that, you know? And it and it, it blew up for her. Like that did really well for her. Or like Andrew Gillum, the politician from Florida, we had him on in February, you know, of this year. When he had just, I think he was just about to announce he's running for governor. And like that propelled him, you know, a, a lot. So I just think people realize that it's a space where they can come and it gives their little situation an uptick, whatever their situation is. Let's take a break to talk about health. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it, and that's bad. The thing that most people don't realize is that ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator that there's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. Thankfully, our sponsor, Roman, has created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-stop shop. Licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED, then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. With Roman, you don't have to wait in waiting rooms, deal with any awkward face-to-face conversations, or make any uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. Just visit GetRoman.com slash Bill. Fill out a brief questionnaire, chat with a doctor, get real FDA-approved medication if recommended by your doctor. It's all prescribed online, delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but it's really important. And now with Roman, it's really easy to take care of it for a free online visit. Go to GetRoman.com slash Bill. And since we're here, don't forget to check out The Big Picture, our movie podcast, which we launched last week. If you love movies and if you love The Ringer, check it out. Subscribe to The Big Picture on The Ringer Podcast Network. Back to Charlemagne. 
Well, what you're saying about the how it's becoming more of the culture, I think it's a really interesting point. And I put it in the prism of SNL. The prison move? So, no, what? an SNL. So, I think about Did SNL. prison move? Prism. Oh, prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? So, <laughs> what the fuck is the prison move? So, with SNL, like SNL starts in the mid 70s mm-hmm. and it's capturing this culture that is out there, but it hasn't been on TV, right? It's like this improv culture, like super political, yeah. going after the president, all this stuff, and just taps into it. And that's the reason this show succeeds for the 70s. And then it kind of morphs over time. When it started succeeding again in the 90s, it was very pop culture heavy because that's what people, it was pre-internet. People, a lot of their common ground was like sports, movies, TV. It was able to capture that, do impressions, things like that. Now I look at it this decade. Shit sucks. Well, what does, it need, it? what does it need to succeed now, Bill? Because that shit sucks. Well, but the thing is, the most important person on that show is Chris Red. Who's I love Chris Red. Chris, Chris Red's fucking great. He was the one who did the Kanye one two weeks ago. I like Pete. Pete Davidson. Pete's good, but Michael Che. So here's the thing: what you were saying about how the hip hop culture is the culture now, but SNL doesn't reflect that culture. Not because at all. It's still doing the show from 20 years ago. Exactly. But meanwhile. Who who are the people that are controlling everything right now from an interest standpoint? It's NBA players. Yes. It's hip hop artists. Yes. Like if you if we did a list of like who are the biggest 40 celebrity influencers right now, most of them would be black. Well, could you tell white people that? I'm telling them right now. Yes, because at the white that the problem <laughs> is at these networks you have these culturally clueless executives. But now that now that's flipping because it was like is it? Oh, blackish. That's a success. Maybe we should have more black people shows. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, get out. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we should fund more. You're right. So it's and Shonda gets three hundred million from Netflix. Now I feel like it's starting to shift. Yeah, but it's not just insecure. Insecure Atlanta, like all of that. Atlanta's another one. Like it's it's starting to shift. I can feel it, but I still feel like Hollywood's going to be six, seven years behind. They're still keeping us out of like spaces that we should be in. Like I hate the fact that there's no black late night host on a major network. Like that. I know, but that does that even. Does a late night host even matter as much yes. as it did? You know what? I, th- I was thinking about this the other day. Think about it, right? Think about daytime television and late night television, right? Think about well, the so people- daytime, I think, is more interesting. That shit is Why isn't there a Black Ellen? That's what I'm saying, especially being that the bar for daytime television is, is, is something that nobody could have uh, predicted would work. Well, does it bother Oprah you? Winfrey. Right, Oprah Winfrey. Crazy name, Oprah. She was heavy set, black woman. Nobody would have ever thought Oprah would have become who she became. She revolutionized television. Why didn't people keep doing more of that? Look at Wendy Williams. Right. Wendy Williams came from radio. She's six foot. She, she, Kevin Love's height. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kevin Love's whole stature is Wendy Williams and she's killing on, on daytime television. So right. why don't they think more outside the box? Even Ellen. Ellen is a, a, a lesbian woman. Like that's not supposed to work on daytime TV. Middle America's supposed to hate Ellen. Yeah, but the problem is when they do decide, whoa, it ends up being Michael Strahan. Michael's good though. I know, but that's not the person who's gonna. He's kind of an anomaly with Ellen. No, but he's kind of an anomaly too, though, because you wouldn't expect Michael Strahan. When you say he's good, is he good at football or is he good at everything? I do think- I care about his opinion on there was a bombing no, at a Pittsburgh no, no, synagogue? No, no, hell no, not a, not even a little bit. No, so he's, but he's a good host. He's just a good fun. Host. I think he was in the right spot with Kelly Ripa. Really? I do. I think that was a really good show. I, I, that the guy who just got fired, Ben Sherwood. Yeah. Who he pulls Michael Strahan off that show, causes a big fucking ruckus. 
puts Michael Strahan on GMA, red as the world's changing with Trump. Now I have Michael Strahan on GMA. I have to have him talk about all this serious shit. I don't it's like nobody it. wants to hear no, about no, it. No, now now that it. doesn't work. So it's like, well, we'll actually give him his own morning show. So now I've moved him two times and I have to overpay Ryan Seacrest to make the Kelly Ripper show work. Yeah, see, Michael, That's four different moves out of one move. Yeah, Michael Strahan's gap is too distracting to talk about any serious topic. They should I'm have the show in the gap. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine as he's trying to talk to you about serious subjects, all you're focusing on is that fucking gap. And you're like, <laughs> Bro, what, what happened? At, what happened? In, in, at, I think he's good. I don't think he should be on TV seven shot? days a week. I like him as a host. I don't, should he be on seven days a week? I didn't know he was on seven days a week. Yeah, he's on so seven just, days a week. I didn't know. I thought he was only on during the week. Six days a week. No, he's on the Fox football on but, Sundays. But even still, he's he's uh, he, he's an anomaly. Football player, six foot whatever, big dude. You wouldn't think that he'd be a fun, cuddly, friendly guy on daytime television. My, my, I'm just saying, why doesn't daytime TV go after the oddballs more? Like the, who? I, Give me one that you think the, should have a daytime show that doesn't have one. A daytime show that doesn't have one. Um, well, the I, greatest I, I, one I, ever would be Tiffany. It would get canceled, but... You know, I would go after somebody like Amanda Seals. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I think Amanda like Seals that. would be great on on daytime television. Like she, yeah. like like that, she could be like the the Donahue type. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody like that would be great on. That black audience is underrepresented, and I think that's the biggest reason why First Take took off. Really? Oh yeah. I so I remember the metrics when they were showing when I was at ESPN. It was like the show. Black people love the show. I don't know why the fuck I used to watch First Take so much. I will Stephen say, A. People love Stephen A. I did like Stephen A. Stephen I, I used a to like Skip nature, too, man. I used to like Skip They were too. good together. I used to like Skip too. I've given Stephen A. Donkey of the day a few times. But you, you fuck with him though, right? Yeah, I fuck with the show. I like, I like Stephen A. I just think, you know what I think with Stephen A. Sometimes I think that a lot of those guys become characters of themselves. Well, you have to do. No. You're on TV four or five hours a day and you, you it yeah. becomes karaoke a little bit. You have to I, be careful with that. Yeah, but you got to check yourself. You yeah. know I, mean? I mean, that can happen. That, that's, that's, hap that's definitely happened to me with radio because sometimes yeah. you, you know, when you start seeing articles about yourself, that shit is weird because I don't think about myself in that way. Like, I'm not sitting around like, hey, I'm the hip hop Howard Stern or this guy. Like, I, I don't think I'm a shock jock. Like, I don't think about that shit. So when you're reading it about yourself and you're like, Oh, this is what people like. I think subconsciously you start giving people more of that, you know? Well, you do, you get bored sometimes. When you get bored, you just start asking sex questions. No, not anymore. You, you asking, got out of that? Yeah, I start asking about therapy now. Oh, that's your new thing? Yeah, yeah, Sex yeah, was yeah, so yeah. much more interesting. Yeah, but you know what? That goes into the whole Howard Stern <laughs> shtick. True. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you start hearing, oh, you're the hip hop Howard Stern. So you think, okay, this is what people want. You know, and then you fucking got to take I always thought you were genuinely interested in the sex stuff, though. And Maybe you got not, bored of it after yeah, a while. Not really. Nah. I mean, not as much as I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? And then you got your wife at home asking you why the fuck. Yeah, why are you asking her about yeah. this? Yeah. Oh. Damn, I got time so that's that the real shit. story. Your wife didn't. Wasn't that's happening. one. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, I saw the Me Too Times Up movement coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I saw that coming four years ago. Yeah. I thought it was going to start with Hillary being in the White House, though. I would say, if you go look back and listen to my old podcast, even on The Breakfast Club, I'd be telling all my homeboys and stuff like, yo, stop calling women bitches. Stop calling them hoes. Okay? I said, when Hillary gets in the White House, they're they going to be fed up with this shit. It's going to be women's empowerment time. I was telling everybody that. But I think it kind of was like the reverse. It's almost like Donald Trump got into the White House, so it kind of like created Batman. Like, there was no need for Batman until Gotham got all of these villains. And so it's just like when this big villain came into the White House, then it created all these superheroes in the culture of of women. How how much Trump is on your show these days? Do you deal with them at all? Or? Um, 
yeah, we do. I don't, I don't. Does I'm, your I'm audience fatigued, care? I, I don't Does know. Does they want to hear, hear you talk about it? It depends what it is. You know, I just think it's, I just think it's like beating a dead horse at this point. Like how many different ways are you going to say somebody's a piece of shit? Like, I, I, it's like, it's fatigue. Like, I don't even care anymore. Like, yo, let's all go vote on November 6th. You know what I mean? See if they can get the House and the Senate back. But then I also got a thing with Democrats too. It's like, yo, what have the Democrats done for black people lately? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you, you're rushing me out here to go vote, 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 which I will do. But I still want to hold these people accountable once they get into these offices because I don't feel like they're doing enough for us. And black people are way too loyal to the Democratic Party. For right. Democrats not to be, you know, doing things that directly impact us and our interests. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what to think anymore. Me neither. But I, I I don't feel like it's a party thing. I mean, obviously it's a party thing in a lot of ways because whoever has the majority is going to be the ones that make shit happen. But if if there was some Republican who I felt like could heal some of the shit and bring people together, I'd 100%. vote for that person. Me too. I was looking at Republicans. I don't care what party they are. I just want, I, I don't want the country to be divided anymore. And we're, it's a divided country now. It's going to always be divided. We gotta, but it's divided in a really dangerous way now. But we have to stop, we have to stop marketing division. That's what we're doing right well, now. Well, yeah. It's like, I care about my base and fuck everyone else. And that's just where we are. And I don't, I don't think that's a... It, the but, Democrats do it too. I don't think it's a good thing. But not only we're we're literally marketing division. Like like right yeah. now, if something if some type of hate crime happens right now in America, it's going to be front page news, front well, and the, center. The Kaepernick thing is the perfect example. I don't even know how this became a two year argument. It's like the guy didn't want to stand up. He used to sit down on on on, on the bench. That shit is, and this turned into this whole giant thing that I was like. How did we get to through this? How are we there? Now now he's an icon. He's being compared to John Carlos and Tommy Smith and Muhammad Ali. It's like, what the fuck is going on? As, as he should. You know what I mean? I love I love Cap. Cap is a, is a good friend of mine. But I just, that's another argument I refuse to have anymore. Because how many times do I have to tell you? Colin Kaepernick sat down with an actual veteran and asked the veteran what is the most respectful way for him to protest. And didn't make a big deal of it. No, the veteran told him he should take a knee. One of a veteran and America pisses me off with that shit because America don't give a fuck about veterans. If right. America cared about veterans, there'd be no homeless we care veterans about dogs, whatsoever. Though. We care about dogs more than you care about veterans. At least dogs yeah, got dog, a place to stay. Got to rescue dogs. Do you know what I'm saying? Go I have three dogs, by the way. But yeah, you get if you we care about this, emotional support dogs on airplanes. If, if you fought for this country, you should never have to pay taxes ever again. You should get free health insurance for the rest of your life. You should get free room and board for the rest of your life, and you should get a stipend every month. Right. And, and they should be doing things to help them with their, their mental health and just making sure they're good. Like the, it pisses me off to see people with Trump stickers who probably hate Colin Kaepernick just drive by a veteran when they're on the side of the road trying to get some change. Right. Like how much do you really give a fuck about this country? You screaming about not being patriotic, but you're just going to drive by this person that went to fight for us? Get the fuck out of here, man. America don't give a shit about veterans like they say they do. But when they're the stray dogs in the Olympics in Russia... Oh, they we take flying them. out there to get the dogs. A hundred percent. Got a got, I a, don't know what the, got a whole place. <laughs> this for them is to the stay. decade of what the fuck. I, I just don't understand anything anymore. But that's the point. You're not supposed to, and we got to stop trying to understand it, Bill. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm serious. And the Bible is that sometimes you can't lean on your own understanding. I'm not leaning on my own understanding anymore. I know what I know, and I'm willing to learn things that I don't know. And that's where it stops. I don't want to talk about Kanye for more than ninety seconds. Okay. So give me ninety seconds on Kanye. And then we're moving on. I think 
Kanye is Van, your friend Van Lathan and I talked about him for a half hour two weeks ago and I don't have any more left in the tank Van acts like he doesn't like to talk about Kanye that's one of his favorite subjects well it's like yeah you're pulling it his is. arm you're no like, it's not oh, pulling his fine, arm no. I'll do 30 exactly. minutes on Kanye Van loves talking yeah, about I know, Kanye I know he does that was a good moment for him though it was that was, that was a fantastic. great moment that's the moment that helped elevate talented guy got put in the spotlight I, for the right reason absolutely yeah. I, I just, we just gotta get Van out of TMZ that's all that's I'm not feuding with TMZ <laughs> I'm just saying like, I have a, an incredible amount of respect for, for the TM wonderful people at TMZ I got love for TMZ too but I'm just Kirby saying Levin's a genius Van is a, I got love for TMZ but Van is a little bit more elevated than that I think so anyway you know what I mean like I, that's you know I agree I've, we, we how do we brought him over here and we just got eight hours of content out of him he's amazing we worked him we just he, gave him a cup of coffee and that was it that's we it let him roam you should get it you should make him drink <laughs> and smoke some weed. That's my guy. We vacation together. Like Van and his his his, his beautiful fiance. They we vacation together. You know what I'm saying? Like so we, we like we're, we're going on vacation again for New Year's. We brought, Ninety seconds on Kanye. Oh, um, I just when was the last time he was on your show? Uh, I interviewed him early this year in Calabasas, um, but he hasn't been on my show in, in in a few years. But I mean, my thing with Kanye is this: I think that we all need to really be a little bit more empathetic. To Kanye West. And this is what I mean when I say That's that. That's how I feel. This is what I mean. Like, the guy clearly is going through some type of mental health issue. And he said that he was bipolar. And then he said he wasn't bipolar. It was just sleep deprivation. So he's not on his medication anymore. But as you can see, when he's not on his medication, when he's openly bragging about not being on his medication, that's when his behavior is the most erratic. And I think that one of the reasons he fell back and said that he uh, suffers from sleep deprivation and not bipolar is because everybody was clowning him. And everybody was calling him crazy. But I don't think he realizes we weren't calling you crazy because of your mental illness. We were calling you crazy because of this obsession you have with Donald, Donald Trump. So I think that's what's made him kind of like backtrack on the whole, oh, I don't have mental illness thing. So I just think that if we're really trying to eradicate these stigmas about mental health in America, we got to show a little bit more empathy with guys like that. And stop fucking taking his word as gospel. Right. I will. I don't give a fuck about what ja, what Kanye West thinks about politics. I started to say Ja Rule because I'm thinking about the Dave Chappelle joke when Dave Chappelle is like, "Who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks at a time like this?" I don't care if Kanye <laughs> West is making Brexit T-shirts. I don't right. care if Kanye West is running around with Candace Owens. Like that means nothing to me. You know why it doesn't mean nothing to me? Because those two chose their side, and that's fine. This is America. You can pick your side. All I'm going to do is go out here, encourage people to vote, tell people what. The, the interest is I think that they should be voting for and encourage people to vote for who I want them to vote for. That's it. They're doing exactly what we should be doing. And I can't focus my energy on what they got going on over there. Like, God bless them. I wish them the best. And we got to stop acting like Kanye did something wrong. That's the other thing. Kanye didn't do anything wrong. He's just doing something we don't agree with. Him wearing the MAGA hat is not wrong. Well, it's but just something we don't but, agree with. But deconstruct that, though. He's clearly gone through a lot of stuff. Yes. SNL has him on anyway. Then he, then he acts crazy. And then yeah. SNL immediately distances himself from them and That's makes whack. fun of them. That's whack. It's like you knew who you were getting into. My whole thing is when somebody starts bragging about how they're off their meds, that's usually a bad sign. How about put a period on the end of that sentence? Yeah. There's nothing else to talk to yeah. him. Like Harvey pissed me off with that shit. When I saw him do the interview with Harvey Levin and he was like, I'm not on my meds. Harvey didn't say shit. Like, right. that, like that right there should have been the end of the conversation. Like yeah. I know if Van had did that interview, Van would have, challenged Kanye in that moment like brother 
Like, why are we even having this conversation? Why are you even here off your meds? Like, that's the only thing we should be talking to Kanye about. Like, that's why I wanted to have the mental health conversation with him. But I just knew that it was just going to be such a distraction. You know, we're supposed to do the New York Times Times talk. And I, I canceled it. And the reason I canceled it, because after the White House visit, when he said that he had sleep deprivation like and not bipolar, him. I felt like I was exploiting yeah. him. And I'm not going to be a part of that. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, that's, that's still a black man at the end of the day. And Kanye West is still somebody who has contributed so much to the culture. And clearly, we're watching him and something is not right. I don't give a fuck about the music. I love the sneakers, though. Very comfortable for 40 years. But you make like a good that. point about why do you care about his opinion on politics? Yeah. Like what what made Kanye West successful? It was about his experience as a black guy in Chicago. Yes. It was about his experience with women, Rocky, up and down, whatever. Yes. And then his experience with fame. Yes. And the backlash to fame. And those were what all of his songs were about. That's it. So for for us to expect him to like, all right, now here are my here are my lucid thoughts on Donald Trump yes. and where the country's going. It's like that was never happening. And and the shit that bothers me too is like we act like um we, we really treat Donald Trump like He's the president. And he is the president. Don't get me wrong. He's the president in terms of this is the 45th president of the United States of America. But he's not the leader of America. He used to be the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> like, you got to put this shit in perspective. Like, if Flavor right. Flav was the run for president yeah. and win, are we supposed to stop treating Flavor Flav like he, he was, he's Flavor Flav? He's still fucking Flavor Flav. And it's the same thing with Donald Trump. He's still the executive producer of Celebrity Apprentice. That's why I don't mind when Kim or even Kanye go talk to him because I feel like celebrity knows how to speak to celebrity. Right. Politicians don't know how to speak to Donald Trump. Donald Trump don't even understand that language. That shit goes over his fucking toupee. Yeah. Kim and Kanye at least know how to talk to him. So all Kim and Kanye need to do is be armed with the right messaging to go deliver these messages. And maybe, just maybe... Some things can change. I don't fucking know. Why but, did Kim Kardashian talk to Donald Trump? I never understood that. Well, I mean, she got somebody free. She got Alice Marie Johnson out of prison. So that was her reason? Yeah. And now she's working on it again. You know, she's um she's I guess she's big on prison reform now. And listen, I and I, you can't you can't like point the finger. I know it's easy to look at her past and be like, oh, she had a sex tape and she's always half naked and whatever else. Who why can't she care about prison reform and still like to be half naked on Instagram? Aren't we in the world of fucking slashes? <laughs> like everybody likes multitaskers nowadays. You got to be yeah. a radio personality, TV personality, author, you know, executive producer. You got to have all these different slashes. Why can't she be Instagram model, prison reform activist, executive producer of a television show, mom? Like why can't she be all of those things at once? Like I, I don't see the problem with it. Celebrity multitasker. Celebrity multitasker. And we live in a world, especially not, not the world. America is driven by fucking celebrity. That's why we have Donald Trump in the White House right now. America loves celebrities so much that we elected one as our 45th president of the United States of America. Have you ever seen Idiocracy? You love movies. You see? Yeah. We're in the era of idiocracy right now. And Social media has a big part of it too. 100%. Because Kim Kardashian can't happen 15 years ago. No. She can't happen 12 years ago. No. Nah, she it can't happen. Nah, it's definitely. She have a reality show, but like Paris Hilton missed her calling by like five years. Paris yes. Hilton in two thousand five. If she had just, if that had just happened in two thousand twelve, I met. She's probably Kim Kardashian. I met Kim in two thousand seven. Because you I, said I enjoyed the tape. No, I don't think the tape. Oh. The tape wasn't out yet. I, I I used to be Wendy Williams' co-host at WBLS, and Wendy. I mean, Kim used to come to Wendy's show and hang out with Wendy's then booker named Nicole Spence. Yeah. And her and Courtney would sit in the office and just kick it. 
and they was trying to get Wendy to do an interview with them. At the time, she was doing Paris Hilton's Closets. Yeah. But Kim used to talk about being in the position she's in right now. Yeah. She, she was, was talking about I'm she following from Paris' Paris. blueprint. Yeah. She used to talk about following Paris' blueprint. The pupil became the teacher. Yes. And she was, they were beautiful back then though. Like they, I, I remember, still think I, she's great looking. Oh yeah, I remember her walking into she's the office. She's definitely, like, absolutely one of the most stunning celebrities I've ever seen. Because first of all, she's shorter than you think. Yes. She's like 5'3". Yep. And, you know, she's just built like nobody else. And you got to respect, she's, you do have to respect the Kardashians. uncommon physique. Not, no, stop it, Bill. No, For somebody that famous, no, that's a, that's a surgically enhanced physique. Oh, I that, come on, that, that don't been, ruin that, this that for me. That has been sculpted. That has been sculpted to look like every beautiful black woman from Compton. Okay, I can I can show you twenty women built like Kim Kardashian right now. What other what other people do you want to ruin for me? <laughs> I'm just saying I can show you twenty other women that are built like Kim Kardashian. Like 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 twenty. I you yeah. probably show me two thousand. Oh, you ever seen Trina? Show me two thousand. Google. You ever showed him Trina, Tommy? The rapper Trina. What do you she think? Tommy's Trina. my conduit to <laughs> <laughs> good looking black women. See the rapper I wouldn't Trina. Know. Okay, Serena. Look at Serena's body. Well, Serena's. The OG. I, I don't like having this conversation in the middle of the times up there, Bill. What are you talking about? Oh, there you go. Boom. That's Trina. Okay, so you're saying Kim's not an not an original prototype? Um, no. Let's take a break. Talk about FanDuel. Football season is underway. I do not have a lot of regrets about my season-long fantasy teams. I'm 7-1 and one in my fantasy league. Cousin Sal is 0-8. It's delicious. I just love looking at the standings. You know what else I love looking at? FanDuel. You spend all off-season researching and getting excited for the draft. Then you're kind of stuck for your team in real fantasy. Well, in daily fantasy, you get to pick a new team every week. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team regardless of the outcome week after week. It's never been more fun or easy to play. I've been playing in their Gridiron Pick'em Contest. It's a free contest. All you need to do is pick winners. No spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. I also like the old single entry contests. Now that the World Series is over, I can actually start focusing on football again. Thank you, Red Sox, by the way. I really enjoyed my fourth World Series of the century. I appreciate it. Uh, trust me, I've tried other DFS sites before, and if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel clearly the place to play. New users get a $5 bonus when they make the first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. And by the way, if you like fantasy, check out Fantasy Football on the Ringer NFL Show. It is our fantasy podcast that gives you all the advice you need. Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, the Dannys. That's why we call it Fantasy Football. It is on Tuesdays and then also as part of our big Friday extravaganza Ringer NFL Show podcast, Lombardi and Tate doing GM Street. And then the Danny Football Guys, that is all on Fridays on the Ringer NFL Show podcast. Back to Charlemagne. Have you had Serena on? No, I love Serena too, man. That's one of my dream interviews. You never got Serena? She doesn't do stuff. She's smart. She doesn't have to, right? She doesn't need to do nah. an hour with people like where you do we, and me. Where do we rank Serena for all-time great athletes? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't fuck with tennis. So, I mean, but I respect her. I think the three greatest American athletes female of the last 25 years are her, Abby Wambach, and Diana Taurasi. Really? Yeah, those are my three. All okay. of them were like completely unique prototypes for whatever they were. I like know. Abby Wambach, she, so she was the striker on the women's, on the women's uh, US team. I have no idea who that she's is. Six feet tall. Okay. She's played like, just fearless, was up in the air, had all these headers. Like she was just one of a kind. Taurasi is 
the best women's basketball player ever. And Serena, I know De Rossi. Serena is like so much better than any other women's tennis player ever. It's it's it would be like if LeBron was the best player ever, but the second best player ever was like Paul George. Where do we rank them with all time just athletes? Period though. Oh, I feel like Serena should Serena's be up there. Serena's way right? up there. Yeah. Yeah. Serena's way up there. Where do we rank the Kardashians as greatest dynasty ever? Are they before <laughs> the Bulls, after the Patriots? Let Where think, are they? Let me think about this. So, how many years now? It's going on a decade. It's going on a decade? Yes. So, it's got to look at like the 90s Bulls with Jordan. Like yes. that kind of a run. Like, listen, and 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 you know the thing about the, the Kardashians that people don't pay attention to? They move social conversations. Not just pop culture, social. Think about all the different conversations they've introduced. You got the interracial relationships between yeah. all of them and all the rappers and athletes. And a lot of shaming world. conversations. Yeah, a lot of shaming conversations. The plastic surgery. You have the the transgender transsexual yeah. conversation. You have Caitlyn Jenner. The, the crackhead conversation with Lamar Odom. You yeah. have fat shaming with Rob. Like you have so many different conversations that have revolved around the Kardashian genders. Like they've introduced social conversations to people. They also do a good job of firing back at people who come at them in ways like they're almost like my, they're like uh, the Corleone family. What, what do they have to lose? It's like, Oh, you took a drive by shooting at me. We, we just murdered your bodyguard outside their hotel. What do they have to lose? Yeah. What do the, what do the Kardashian genders have to lose at this point? Like the world, literally, they're the Corleones. The, the, the world literally revolves around them. Like, what do they have to lose by clapping back at people? It is interesting that we don't have one success story of a boyfriend or husband that moved into their whole world. Um, there's not like, wow, but yeah, there's a, well, Jim, Jim's been married to so-and-so forever and he's fine. Chris Humphreys is doing great. He got out of there, Chris he Humphrey fled from there. Well, Travis, we don't know what that's, how that's going to end. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Like, yeah, like, I'm, that's I'm just not the buying Travis Tommy. stock. Yeah, yeah, Travis. Yeah, I'm just, not buying Travis stock. Tra I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to buy no Travis. Chris stock. Humphreys was like, get out. But Chris is doing great. Chris now. Humphreys had like a little row. Little, he came, came and got him. Yes, Chris owns like a bunch of what now? I saw something, some franchise. Chris Humphreys. He's yeah, still playing. I, I just read this. Google he that. Made his hundred million. Yeah, but I just, I just saw this the other day. I want to say it's uh, five guys. Oh, really? He owns a bunch of five guys, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I literally just read this article and I said to myself, oh, like he made it. When was the last time you interviewed Kim? Uh, ten, Chris Humphreys, like 10, 10, 10 years ago. Oh, so she's, yeah. she doesn't need to come on, on Breakfast Club. No, I used to interview Kim all the time. I used to interview Kim like, because we, we used to be cool. Hold on, Crispin Green? That's what it is? No, I don't Chris know what the Humphreys? fuck that is. But whatever, he owns a bunch Crispin of Crispin Green? I thought it was Five Guys. I see something about Five Guys, too. It is Five Guys, right? Oh, this yeah. is from 2011. I love Five Guys. But I, I used to interview Kim all the time. Five I mean, Guys have just made me hungry. You like Five Guys? Like I do that? like Five Guys. Me Everyone Kim, out here is in and out I like. I used to like in and out not anymore. I'm, I'm it's, it's, drifted it's kind toward of, Five Guys. Yeah, uh, in and out is just a little bit overrated now. Yeah, we used a, to love in and out Like, I used to land and go right to in and out Too much. Well, now, I mean, the airport now. They have like the the Shake Shacks and all that stuff in jail. All the different airports, they actually have good food. I might do that shit tonight, though. Just go to In-N-Out before we leave just to see if it's still as trash. Have you been in the Apple Pan? What the fuck is that? That's that's probably the best burger in LA right now. The Apple Pan? Apple Pan. Is it like some fancy shit? No. Like, no, it's like a sit-down, 40-seat, like horseshoe-type yeah. place where you sit down. The people behind the counter are just super unfriendly. 
You just have to tell them what they want. They don't talk to you. You have to pay in cash. No. Why would cards. I want to go there then? Because it was a fantastic burger. I'm a I'm a stern believer in like manners will take you where money won't. I like nice people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to see people treat the custodian the same way they treat the CEO. Like so, if you are an asshole, I'm gonna give you my money. So that's not what they're about. <laughs> They're about the food's so good. We're just here to give you the food. I don't like that. We don't want to interact with you. Is the food is that good? It's pretty good. I like Chick fil A employees. Best employees on the motherfucking planet. They're angels sent from the heaven above. Okay? They will fucking change your flat tire if you got a flat tire in the parking lot of fucking Chick fil A. That's how good Chick fil A employees are. My darkest moment of this entire decade was when the Chick fil A backlash happened, when the when the guy had the the guy who owned it had the bad comments about gay people. And people were like, fuck it. We're not going to Chick-fil-A anymore. Who was those people? And I waited like four months. And then I put a hat on and pulled it down real low. And I had a sweatshirt on and I snuck in and had a Chick-fil-A because I couldn't, I was like jonesing. Four months without Chick-fil-A is just a long time. I had to reconcile. I was like, I'm consuming so many terrible, you know, so many terrible people in my life that I'm consuming products from them. Like I can't draw the line at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I made a little stand when, when that happened. Yeah. I I I put in my four months protest. I just stopped going on Sunday. I never would eat that chick. I never would eat that Chick Fil A on Sunday during that whole time. I refuse to. But it's funny when people get pious about certain things, but then, you know, there's certain companies that are running slave shops and yeah, I mean, that's in, the, uh, in, see, in foreign countries, and that, that's the way people shit, one cent an hour. That's the weird shit about Nike, right? It's like yeah. it's like a couple months ago, and I'm glad we got off Nike's dick. <clears throat> but I was happy when Nike did the deal with Colin Kaepernick, just because I feel like whenever somebody makes the type of moves Colin made. It's good when you see corporate America be like, we don't give a shit. We're going to sign him because we know it's an audience that fucks with him. But By the we, way, we were wilding. We were acting like Nike, the Nike logo was the new Black Power Fist. You know what I'm saying? Like we were acting like- I thought like that, that was brilliant by them. And also like brilliant with their athletes. That was the part I think people missed. What do you mean? I think their athletes really appreciate it. And athletes that weren't with Nike were like, oh, shit. I need to be over there. They stuck up with Kaepernick. I like those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I, just didn't like, I just didn't like when I, Jennifer Lewis would come to the award show in full Nike attire. And she's like, I'm making a statement. And I love Jennifer Lewis. She's like, I'm making a statement. I'm like, no, a statement would actually be a shirt with Colin Kaepernick's face on it. I mean, the Nike logo is kind of safe. That's a safe way to say you're, you're, you're making a statement. Do you think he, do you think the last two years he wanted to play football? I know he wants to play football. You see him working out all the time. That's the other, like we talk about boycotting. It's kind of hard to boycott the NFL when Colin still wants to play in the NFL. And I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I've never heard Colin say boycott the NFL. We not watching the NFL. So it's kind of like, it, it sends a mixed message. If you still want to play in the league. I just find it, want, want I find it to hard watch. to believe that all the shitty quarterbacks I watch every week, like last night, Buffalo played the Pats mm-hmm. and they had like their third string dude in there and he was just awful, Derek Anderson. I mean, he's like 40. He just can't put a pass. And at that point, like if you're not going to get Kaepernick, it makes me think like teams don't, there has to be some teams that don't think like he's in shape or he's football ready oh, or something. Oh, he's super in shape. He's super well, then in how, shape. That, then this, this should actually be a bigger deal that he's not playing. Like people should watch the Derek Anderson thing last night and be like, oh my God. You know, it is. Though. It was a huge deal. I mean, it, it, it was such a huge deal that it went from Colin is kneeling because of the injustice that has happened no, in the I know it's been a big deal, but at the hands of the police to we're, we're not watching the NFL because Colin don't have a job. I, I get it. I'm saying like right now, every week we're watching five terrible quarterbacks. I think people are over it because Colin is doing good. 
if Colin wasn't doing good, meaning if he didn't have the TV show Is he in doing the works, good with he could be making like eight million dollars a year playing football. Yeah, but he's got the TV show in the works with David Duvernay. What's the TV show? It's based off his younger life. He's got the the endorsement oh, deal Nevada? with Nike. Um, wherever he grew up. Yeah. He got the endorsement deal with Nike. A, and he's an icon now. Like, Colin is a martyr at this point. Like, who, he's like, like you said, you, he's up there with, with Muhammad Ali and John Carlos. So, like, he's that guy forever now. Like, that's in stone. I think coming back to the NFL at this point probably just ruins the legacy unless he comes back and wins the Super Bowl for somebody. Now, that's a story. Just to come back and, you know, barely make the playoffs and throw a few touchdowns. That's like, a sports movie, right? Yeah. Somebody on a, like, <laughs> Drew, like a Drew Brees type quarterback gets hurt. Ooh. And Colin has to come in and save and Ooh. save it. Come on, man. Like, that's that's a story. Y'all. He, but here's t- the thing. What ha- so what happens in the black community? I'm trying to think of a team... A team that's like four and four right now. Okay. Um, starting quarterback gets hurt. Colin goes to that team. Let's say it's the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum gets hurt. They're three and five. Colin goes there. They start winning. What happens to the black community? Are they wearing Broncos jerseys? Like, how far does it go? Of what course, what is the course, impact? Of course they would. 100%. So, why wouldn't a team see that and want to? I mean, there's actually like real money that they could make from. That's a great, having him succeed on their team. That's I think that's crazy. Nobody signed him. That's a great question, but you know it's so interesting, man. For some reason, people don't like to cater directly to black people. For some reason, you know, I I even talk about that when I when I when a lot of politicians come on the Breakfast Club, Democratic politicians always ask them, you know, when you you, you talk about all these different rights that you're you're fighting for, you know, immigration rights, LGBT rights, yeah. transgender rights, you know, women's rights. How come we can never specifically say African American rights? And some of them will tell you behind the scenes, like we we you know we just probably could never win if we ran a campaign like that. Now things may be shifting and changing now. Yeah. But a lot of them do feel that way. So that's probably the same thing with the NFL. They're like, look, man, we can't hang our hats on Colin Kaepernick because Cap's only going to be around for two, three more years. After those three years are gone and then he's gone, then what? You know, what does our our gen- what does our fan base that and was here before like, Cap do? They think like a piece of their fan base is just gone because they Maybe it's bought in on Kaepernick. Football is different, though. The Listen. problem is it's all old, rich, white guys who own the team. So they're yeah, you thinking know who my about favorite from that team the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones? There is no, Jerry Jones is the master. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? All right? But I can't help but be a Dallas Cowboy fan. My father is one of those guys who has six-time Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys on his arm. You know yeah. when he got that tattoo? After the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl in 95. After 95, he went and got six-time Super Bowl champion. We've only won five, all right? So he was thinking ahead. <laughs> okay, so you know how you look on Instagram and you see all of those idiots who have like 2020 world right. champions. That was my father in 1995. He After the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl, he went and got six-time Super Bowl champions. And I remember saying, but they've only won five. Oh, we're going to win it again next year. And I'm like, but well, what if they win it again? <laughs> and they get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if it goes up to seven? Like, I didn't understand. Like, I, didn't, I, I never understood it that would make logic. It sense to put the years on your arm and then add the years each Boom. time you win. Exactly, exactly. But so it's like, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, true and true. Like, my father tased a Marine on 9-11 at a Jets-Cowboys game. You know what I'm saying? They changed the rules at NFL stadiums because of my father. Jesus. You know? So I, I'm Did a diehard Cowboy fan, even though... Master Jerry Jones is the owner of the Cowboys. 
I, I can't help it. So give me your top three people to come on the show that you would love to have right now, 2018, October. Everybody always asks me that, and I really don't know. I don't, I don't think about Who's it. Who's out there? There's nobody I'm really like. You've talked to everybody. You're just bored. You've, you've had every guest. I could be. I like different. I don't know. Like, there's really nobody I really, truly want to talk to, like, at this point. Like, you know what's so funny? You, you asked me that. And, like, somebody asked me. I forgot where I was at. And somebody was like, who are the top three people you would want to interview, dead or alive? Everybody I named was dead. It was like. Oh, dead or alive is interesting. Let's yeah, play that game. It was, it was. Who was dead? It was. Uh, Which dead people? Uh, the, uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, without him, you don't get. Malcolm X, yeah. you don't get Muhammad Ali, you don't get the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you don't get this whole nation of Islam. Like he was, his he kind of turned on Ali though. Um, no, I'd want to, I'd want you to ask him about that. I feel like he turned on him. I mean, there's a lot of different. You can ask us so yeah. many scandals with that whole situation oh, that yeah. you could ask about. But I just feel like you know nobody ever talks about him. They always talk about his his pupils and his teachings. Literally changed millions of people across right. the country. Um, I'd love to talk to Martin Luther King Jr. And just ask him, was it worth it? You know what I mean? Did, like, it, I, I feel like he accomplished something so great. And like, if you look at, no, they didn't like Martin when he was alive. Yeah. They called him an Uncle Tom. They called him a coon. They was like, why are you talking to these, these people, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson? But he actually got legislation changed, Civil Rights Act of 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. And then the third person would, would definitely be Tupac. And the reason it would be Tupac is because, like, I wasn't a big fan of Tupac's music growing up. But Tupac would be, I would like to interview older Tupac about his younger self. Oh, like 96 to, Tupac? No, I want to interview 40-something-year-old Tupac if he was alive You can do it. He is alive. He's dead. Tupac. That's what they, I just saw on the internet. No, it had to be no, true. He's, he's, he's long gone. Shook Night Sun said he was alive. Yeah, he's trolling. But it would just be interesting to see what he feels about his younger self. Because his younger self influenced a generation of people to be thugs. And he also influenced a generation of people to be conscious as well. But the thug life ultimately won out in the end because he ended up getting killed. You know, so I would love to have a conversation about his younger self and what he, would he tell himself to change? Tupac launched the... Uh, Tupac. I said Tupac. Tupac was a wrestler. I said Tupac. That was six pack. I said Tupac. Yeah. I just said something in my throat. Okay. Tupac launched... Um, a podcast? No. Cuba? He was the first anti-hero, him and Mike Tyson. And you go through when it goes into the 2000s and then we get Tony Soprano and we got Don Draper and the Breaking Bad guy and then Chris Brown and all these people. It's like part of the appeal to them was that they were dangerous and that they weren't playing by thing. Nobody loved Chris Brown like they loved Tupac and Mike Tyson. Well, Tupac was the first guy though that it it was a conflict to like him. And you had to be like, well, how do I feel about this? He said this, but I know his heart's in the right place because he did this. Yeah. And you had to battle all these different things. Yeah, it's hard. As you to, decided whether to like him. I never liked his music though. And and I already had picked really? a side. No, and I already picked a side because I was like an East Coast guy. I loved Biggie. I loved Mob Deep. So I never really like got in the pocket. I was like, who is this guy on this hit him up record saying he's fucking people's wives and he's four <laughs> four, make sure all your kids don't grow. That's the hardest line on the song. My 4-4, make sure all your kids don't grow. <laughs> that is a very menacing line to tell somebody. I mean, it is a song that starts out, that's why I fucked your bitch. That's light, though. I'd rather you fuck my girl than make sure my that kids like don't that, grow. That's like that little appetizer. Oh, yeah, that was just the start. He's like, hey, just I'm going to set the tone here. Just the mind game, but that, and the fact that he did that song over a beat that could be played in the club. 
Like that is what really infuriates you. Like you're in the club having a good time, drinking, smoking your weed, popping bottles, and then that shit comes on and the whole club just goes crazy. And they got to sing along because it's the melody. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Yo, you want to beat the DJ up and try to fight everybody in the fucking club. But he would have been a great podcast. I love this idea of people come from the afterlife just for an hour and a half to talk to us and then they leave. You should bring in some mediums and channel them. That'd be a great one. Yeah. Bring in some mediums and channel them. I think who else I'd want to talk to. It's amazing. He, he's definitely way up there. It's amazing none of us ever say Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like that'd be an intimidating podcast. I would much rather talk to Tupac than Jesus. No disrespect, you know. But I'm just saying I would much rather. I saw on uh, talk on Twitter somebody there was a screenshot and it was very popular a couple of days ago. Somebody said um, they they got an Uber. You know, you get your notification when your Uber has arrived yeah. or when your Uber's coming. It was like, Christ, your Uber driver will be there in two minutes. And then the next one was like, Christ has arrived, and it was. The if guy's, the Uber driver's name somehow was Christ. If Jesus came back right now, nobody would believe it. Everybody would start tweeting about it and they'd start clowning Jesus immediately. Like they would immediately like, yo, his shoes is trash. Look at his hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this Christ dude talking about? He's coming back. We ain't going nowhere. Hashtag rapture. Like they would kill Jesus if he was to come back right now. 100%. That would be- that I feel like would trend on Twitter. Listen, I got a vision though. I always feel like the Wu Tang Clan Triumph instrumental is gonna play, and then like you'll see like a t- a sandal step out of the sky, and I would love to see how social media would react if Jesus in fact really did come back. They don't, res- but nobody respects Jesus though. I, th- I would say. Nah, nah, they- listen, I'm a God fearing man. I would say a lot of people respect nobody. Him. He don't even. He headlines zero holidays. He doesn't headline. Easter, on Easter, it's a fucking bunny that lays eggs. <laughs> that is the main attraction for the for, for this man who came back from yeah. the dead. Yeah. But it's a bunny that lays eggs. Bunnies don't even lay eggs. Christmas, Santa Claus, Frosty the Snowman, all the fucking reindeers, the Grinch, all of them headline over Jesus Christ Himself. I would. I, I'm going to counter this one. I would say. The real symbol that somebody has achieved something is if they have little spinoff characters in their whole world. What do you mean? Well, it's like Jay-Z, one of the great musicians ever, but then also launched all these other careers. None of those people outside Jay-Z, though. But that's the thing. Kanye might be the only- You're saying that Santa Claus, you think, has has transcended Christ? 50 years ago. (laughs) What are you talking about, Bill? (laughs) 50 years ago. I think Christ is still bigger. So why do your kids write letters? Why do do your kids write letters to Santa Claus and not Christ? We have people who have devoted their life to him. There's no Jesus decorations. There's born-agains. No, there's no Jesus. There's no born-again Santa Claus people. There's no your your kids are not excited on December 24th because Jesus is coming down the chimney. They're not. We have done a terrible... Jesus needs a rebrand. To be told, if, we're, if we're being totally honest, Jesus needs a rebrand. We have not marketed Jesus the right way. Santa Claus has way better marketing than Jesus Christ. Well, you have great marketing because your lady over there is wearing a shook one jacket. Yes, she is. You got yes. you got jackets made out of your book? My homeboy Noodles did that. That's why I appreciate like my, my people because my people just do things when they don't have to do them. Like I love when people just do things out of the goodness of their heart. What, like, what was his name? Noodles. Which is crazy because he weighs like 300 pounds. He's fat as fuck. Why is he named Noodles? I have no idea. That is a great question that we all need to get to. Speaking of your friends, I I don't know what's happened with uh, 
with your boy. Is wax, he here? Wax is out here smoking weed somewhere. <laughs> I want to, you know, it's so funny you talked about that though, because like yeah. my book publishers hit me yesterday and it was like, you know, your book's doing great. We would really like some of your influencer friends to post it. I'm like, no, I'm not asking nobody to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like for it to be organic. And like people that organically posted it, this was like Rick Ross and Amy Schumer, which I thought was so wild. I'm like, wow. Like Amy posted. I'm going to post it when we post the podcast. Well, I appreciate that. But it's like, she just posted it like, yo, this is a great read. You should read it. And I was like, wow. And we're not even like right. friends like that. Like, so that was a genuine organic. I read this. It's good here. That's the type of shit I like. You know what I mean? Like you, cause you could tell when the post is like, not like something, it doesn't mean anything. When they to mailed anybody. It in. Ugh. They'll post the book and just put hashtag shook one out now. So when Jesus is on Twitter and he posts about the book, you want it to be meaningful. I'm trying to figure out what would it take for me to really believe Jesus is back? Like, I'll just seriously, what would it take for you to really believe? Like if somebody was like, I'm Jesus. Yes. What would it take for us to really believe Jesus is back? Because I think that if somebody came up to you right now and said, I'm Jesus, you would want them to be on meds immediately. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd be looking to get them committed. Like you wouldn't believe somebody if they walked up to you and said, I'm Mm -hmm. Jesus. So what would it take for us to really believe Jesus is back? Miracles, probably. Some miracles miracles start happening. What do you call a miracle? I mean, the ones in the book that we know, right? Well, the Red Sox just won four World Series, so. Okay. You got all of these conservatives, right? Yeah. Who believe in Christ. Yeah. What if they look at Donald Trump as a miracle? Mm. Think about it. Long shot, executive producer, celebrity apprentice. You know what I'm saying? The fucking, like, no, zero education in politics whatsoever. Never held any political office. Not even student class fucking president. Now he's the president of the United States of America and beat probably the most qualified candidate for president of the United States ever in Hillary Clinton. I would say that Is was that more, not a miracle? That was more the plot of the omen part three. You think? So he's the antichrist. I was just saying that was an actual yeah. plot in the omen part three. Yeah. He grew up and he ran for office. The devil. Yeah. That's what happened. Sam Neill played the played Damien, grown up Damien. But I'm just saying, you don't think how conservatives can look at that and see maybe this is their miracle? I could see it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why that religion thing is tricky, bro. That's that's why I think we're the this is the first religious conversation I've had on the podcast. <laughs> Once again, you push me, you push me to an uncomfortable corner. You did it again. <laughs> Uh, all right the book is shook one yes anxiety playing tricks on me it's uh out right now wherever you buy books i hate when people say that shit to me where do i buy the book the yeah. fucking bookstore amazon bro. where are yeah, amazon. Million places like, online. Are noble books a million like yeah like, it's not hard google books yeah for sale like yeah it's not hard you know what breakfast I mean? club has its own youtube channel we do uh and you're up to other stuff too right you yeah a tv show what else are you doing I got a few TV projects in the works. Um, I'm working on something right now because, like, I really want to like get. I want really want. I really want to normalize these conversations about mental health in our community because I feel like yeah. everything is mental. Like everything starts with a thought. You know, like I believe in like the law of attraction. You know what I mean? Like your thoughts become things. And I feel like when you got all of this junk in your brain, when you got these insecurities and this low self esteem, and like you're just constantly second guessing yourself, and you got the anxiety and all of that other stuff, it keeps you from realizing your full potential. So I really would encourage everybody to go to therapy because therapy has done wonders for me and my life has helped me to organize this messy closet that is my brain. Cause it's like, you could take all of the fucking junk that's at the bottom of the closet and, 
pack it up for goodwill, all the shit that you don't need and all the shit you want to keep, you put it in order and then you can bring new stuff in. That's what I feel like therapy does for people. So I got a TV show coming that um, I I hope it normalizes therapy in a a big, big way. You know, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of laying on the cross for this one. Okay. You know, and speaking of Jesus, to keep the Jesus references going. When, 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 it, when it gets announced, you'll understand what I mean. Like, I'm laying on the cross for this one. And you, you never cease to surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It was good seeing you. Bill, good seeing you too, brother. Thank you good for having me. Good luck with the book. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks so much to Titus and Tate. Thanks to Charlemagne. Thanks to ZipCruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipCruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to 99designs, a global creative platform that makes it easy for designers and clients to work together. We recently used 99designs to design some new merch for the ringer. Check it out. 99designs.com slash bill. You can also receive a free $99 upgrade on your free design contest by heading to 99designs.com slash bill. Click on the link on the landing page. That is 99designs.com slash bill. And thanks to FanDuel. Don't forget, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week at FanDuel, regardless of the outcome. Tons of ways to play. Gridiron pick'em contests. Just winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play out of all the DFS sites. New users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. All you have to do is come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. That is FanDuel.com slash BS. Coming later in the week, another podcast. There's going to be basketball. There's going to be football. My picks are coming back. I am making a run starting in week nine, and I'm going to have a little contest that I'm excited about for that. So you'll have to wait until then. Enjoy the next couple of days. 